This will be the most honest commercial ever put forth on a television show. See this poster? We got a bunch of them left, and we'd like to sell one to you. The official Hardcore Heaven 97 poster. Call 1-800-854-5831. 27 inches by 41 inches. It should co-star with Jenna Jameson. And hey, the lighting on the poster is better than the lighting on the pay-per-view. So, uh... Try the poster, won't you? I'd say Lawler is in his element, but pretty sure there's an age limit on the door. Way. <laughs> Heyman delivers what I think is maybe the best line I've ever fucking heard, where he goes, how are the swings at the playground in Louisville, Jerry? <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> like, what? So Lawler's like, yeah, I'm a pedo, but you stole my gimmick, motherfucker. Jima <laughs> <laughs> whips out a kid-sized baking sheet from his pants and whacks Jerry over the head with it. And Lawler... At that point, Lawler was like, oh, fuck, that's the uh, makeup easy bake kitchen I've got at home. <laughs> <laughs> One of the trophies. Yeah. <laughs> Scumbag. Why are you still allowed to be on TV? I will never understand. Well, he's only really allowed to go to Saudi Arabia now where they applaud him. <laughs> well, Hi, Crown Prince. Careful now. <laughs> How you doing? So a fan starts a law of fucks 14 year olds. Do da, do da, Sean. Would you believe it? Oh, that was edited off the network. I didn't hear that. I thought it might have been. That's why I wrote it down. Lawler pulls Bueller in front of him. What a scumbag. She's way too old for him. Yeah. Both, both Bueller and Dreamer give Lawler low blows. Good lads. Stopping, like, you know, castrate pedophiles, right? That's what we're meant to do. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my best buddy in the world, Tax Williams. Uh, the intro is getting better and better of our friendship continually bonding. <laughs> now I'm the bestest buddy in the entire world. <laughs> well, you wait until next week's pod when I give you your actual Christmas gift. Oh, excellent. Cool, cool. Are we doing Christmas gifts then? Oh, no, I've got you a little Christmas gift. You don't have to get me anything, because obviously you got me the very kind uh, Conan and the... Oh. Chavo that was Guerrero. your birthday, though. Yeah, exactly. And I don't really celebrate birthdays. So in turn, <laughs> I won't accept a gift for Christmas. And I've got you something rather specialist. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm utterly skint right now. So you'll be getting fuck all from me. <laughs> Just doing this pod and revisiting our good friends in ECW is good enough for me. Oh, maybe I can get you some cheese or something. I know you like cheese. No, no money to be spent. <laughs> this is a gift of love. So don't you worry. <laughs> All right. So this week on the podcast, we're doing ECW's Hardcore Heaven 97, the second in our series of ECW shows from or pay-per-views from 1997. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's been a bit of a gap from when we covered Barely Legal to now where we're in August 1997. Yep. From April 13th, 1997 was the last show. So, yeah. So clearly not much has happened in the eyes of Paul Heyman in the last three four months jesus so much is happened. <laughs> the changes are unbelievable so uh basically there's been so many title changes and things that have happened people leaving and coming and going and all sorts so let's quickly run through the changes that have happened in this time period so uh on the 6th of june 1997 two months after the belly legal show we did last week ecw wrestlepalooza on the 6th of june 1997 dreamer beats raven in a loser leaves town match off you go, Raven, to WCW. Yeah, bye. See you later. Sabu also beat Taz on this show. So from the last show where like they had this massive feud, that Sabu's now got his win over Taz. Yep, just one one. Throw that out there. Uh, the next night, on the 7th of June, on ECW Hardcore TV, Taz also beat Shane Douglas for the ECW Television Championship. So Taz is now our TV champion. Uh, on the 20th of June, a little bit after that, uh, ECW Hardcore TV again in a two-versus-one handicap match because Saturn doesn't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> the Dudley boys beat Cronus to become the ECW Tag Team Champions. 
So Dudleys are now our tag champs. Clearly, Cronus had had that one match of being a really good wrestler and then reverted to being rubbish Absolutely. for hardcore TV. Yeah, pretty much. I've watched an interview with Saturn where he was talking about not wanting to work with Cronus because he was so unmotivated and such. <laughs> so literally, like he yeah, also Saturn didn't even realize he was signed to contract to WCW. He just got announced on TV and he was like, oh, really? I'm going to WCW? Okay, excellent. Jesus. And off he went. <laughs> Mike Tanay announced it on commentary and Saturn was watching and went, oh, great. And then DDP and Terry Taylor, I think it was Terry Taylor, or DDP at least, called him up and was like, do you want to come to WCW? He was like, how much money are you going to give me? Lots. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll come. <laughs> yeah. If I was in that situation, in case of, oh, well, at least I know I'm going to get paid. Absolutely, dude. Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just mental. Uh, he's also chasing off, uh, chasing after Raven as well, who's obviously left. Yeah. And they're, they're, I couple, watched a couple of shoots about them talking about their drug habits and such at the time and putting like, you know, somas and Vicodin and stuff in a pill pot, shaking them up and each taking a shot from the pill pot to see what kind of high they got. I'm glad your response was shooting after Raven. <laughs> it's insane, man. <laughs> These two are just absolutely bonkers. Uh, one month later after that show, on the 19th of July, ECW Hardcore TV, the gangsters of Mustafa and New Jack beat the Dudley boys for the ECW Tag Team Championships. So they were the champs at that point. <laughs> were being the operative word in that sentence. Indeed, we'll get to that. <laughs> on the 9th of August, the ECW Born to be Wired, Sabu wins the ECW World Heavyweight Championship from Terry Funk in a barbed wire match where he completely tore open his bicep. Oh, it was rank. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting this is the one where they had to like clip out the barbed yeah. wire from each oh. of them because they were stuck in it no 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 absolutely disgusting we probably should have done that show to be fair in this sequence but we only had three weeks before Christmas <laughs> yeah exactly and also uh, I'm gonna want to make use of my WWE Network subscription and it's not on there yeah so is that show not on there at all no it's I imagine not to be fair no it's only the three main pay-per-views that are okay. on there fair enough so, the World Heavyweight Champion at the moment is Sabu the Tag Team Champions coming into this show are the Gangsters Coming into this show. <laughs> coming into <laughs> And the TV champion is Taz. So, open ECW. ECW. We open a uh, cold open on Joey Styles, who welcomes us to the show. Um, so, yeah, this is our second pay-per-view coming into this. Immediate kind of thoughts. Did you see the arena and such? It looks a little bit bigger. Yeah. It looks a bit bigger. So, um, uh, Hardcore Heaven 97 was from Fort Lauderdale in Florida at the War Memorial Auditorium. Uh -huh. 1,800 sellouts. So we've got 100 more people here. But it was just something about the presentation of it. It looked large. Isn't it like 600 people more? Wasn't the last one 1,100? I thought it was 1,700. Oh, whatever. It's around yeah. the 2K mark. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, but yeah, it, it looks a bit bigger. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, it looks a bit crisper from my point of view. Mm -hmm. But that's the only difference. I noticed they use the same font for the intro, yeah. flashing up on the screen, cuts Joe Styles in the ring. So it's, again, consistent, which I like. Set yeah. the scene. I like the, a lot of the production levels on this. Um, I'm not so keen on the arena itself. It's kind of a weird kind of layout. They've got, um, which is definitely not the ECW arena to start with. Like the, 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 the ultras, as we referred to them last week, aren't there. Yeah. Like I did spot a couple of super fans as they're kind of walking through the crowd doing the brawling stuff. But um, none of the regulars are there. Uh, there's banked seating opposite the card camera. Uh, there's an entranceway, kind of like the entrance that used to be at Madison Square Garden. You know, yeah. when John Cena came back, where it comes through the two tiers of seating, uh, which I'm not a massive fan of. 
Because no one can see the wrestlers making their entrances. No, it's the object of having an entrance. Yeah, apart from the one row that are on the hard camera side <laughs> that can see what's yeah. happening. It's just, it's strange. That doesn't make sense to me. No, very weird. Um, there's smoke, flashing lights, signs everywhere this time. Like WF levels of signs in the audience, which did not happen at the ECW Arena. There's I only suspect one. there was a lot of handouts. I wondered whether these had been handed out because they looked like they were all in the same handwriting as well. Yeah, it was very... <laughs> And also the same five colours of paper. Mm, yeah. So someone went to Ryman's and basically had a big purchase. <laughs> Ryman's in Florida. <laughs> is Ryman's... No, nah, it's exactly. I'm just trying to hit another copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Brooke Krogan. So the first thing I noticed was the ref has got a red and black striped shirt now. Like, ooh, fancy. Yeah, AC Milan. <laughs> <laughs> so Joey Styles puts over, tonight we're going to see three men in the same ring at the same time fight for the ECW World Heavyweight title. The franchise, Shane Douglas the hardcore legend Terry Funk, and he'll challenge the new champion Sabu. Um, happy birthday to Sabu today, because when we're recording this, he's 54 today. Yeah, happy birthday, Sabu. That's awesome. Looks a hell of a lot older than 54. <laughs> Don't take drugs, kids. That's awesome. <laughs> Joey also puts over that the crown prince of the World Wrestling Federation will go one-on-one -on -one with ECW's own Todd, and he's cut off... And sexy music can only mean one thing. I'm having some fun. Oh, no, Rick Rude's coming. <laughs> it's our Rick podcast regular, Rick Rude. Hello, Rick Rude. Without a mask on this time, the yeah. secret mask man. Thank God. <laughs> so after being quite important in a lot of these ECW storylines coming into this show, and even being in a six-man tag team cage match after breaking his back in Japan... You know the spot? Yeah, You've yeah. seen it where Sting comes over the top? Awful. Oh, the career-ending injury of Rick Rude. Jesus Christ, that is horrible to watch. Uh, and he actually helped Jerry Lawler win a match in ECW a few weeks back. Yeah. Okay, So Ravishing Rick Rude has returned to the WF as part of DX on the 11th of August, 1997. So six days before this event is filmed. So Vince has gone, yeah, all right, go fulfill your date that you've already yeah. done. Like, good man. This is Vince is notorious for this. And uh, I've got to give him some props. Like, I'm not a biggest fan of Vince McMahon currently. But in this time period, he always seems to do the right thing a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think this is the same even today. All the NXT UK boys have been told to finish your dates, finish your commitments. Yeah. Uh, here's the cutoff if you haven't taken anything new. And I think it's just passed down the generation. So Vincent Mann Senior to Vincent Mann Junior to Stephanie Levesque. <laughs> so this is August. Okay. Uh, literally, November the 17th, 1997, Rick Rude appears on both Raw and Nitro on the same night. Yep, everyone loves a pre-tape. Do you know why he left WWF? Because this is not very long after this. He was on a daily contract with Vince. Was he? Yeah, I watched a couple of shoots of people talking about this. The reason he left is he was present for the Montreal Screwjob on November the 9th, okay? Where Rick was backstage with Bret Hart and obviously so fucked off with the situation, the next week he fucked off to WCW. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that. See, the only thing I found out recently about the screw job is that Edge and Christian were backstage on that day as well. No way. Because they were supposed to be having a tryout match. Wow, because they debuted a few years later, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and basically... A year later, maybe. About a year later. Yeah. And they were basically told, you guys probably should leave today. Uh, come back tomorrow. So basically, our <laughs> agents ushered them out because they'd come <laughs> and they were training with Brett and sort of uh, up in Calgary. Yeah. And they told them to leave. They said, it's not a bad thing. We've just got a lot going on tonight. You guys should probably leave. Come back tomorrow if you try right. out a match. We've certainly got a lot going on tonight. <laughs> We're going to fuck over the top guy and chuck him out of the business. What do you mean? Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the UCW. Uh, security are escorting wrestlers to the ring. And let's immediately want to bring up this security lot. They are busy tonight. <laughs> 
that's for sure. They certainly earned their money if they were again paid. I mean, initially they start to annoy me because they're opposite the hard camera and they're constantly wandering around back and forth between the crowd, walking in front of the entranceway, standing there looking like they're kind of big man on campus with their earpieces and their suits and stuff, you know. But um, yeah, there's some issues later on that aren't necessarily on camera, but I think we can assume what was happening, but we'll get to that. So Rude kisses the lens of the camera, takes the mic off Joey Styles and goes, cut the music. Uh, I think you mean, cut the fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, Shane Douglas stole that from Rick Rude? Without a shadow of a doubt. It has to have, Without doesn't it? a shadow of a doubt. It's a bit weird. I think they had a lot of heat backstage as well. From looking at interviews and them talking about each other, they don't seem like the best of friends. No, not at all. One was certainly a very, very good worker and the other was Shane Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think Shane Douglas is quite good, but yeah, he's, yeah. he's definitely a man who thieves a lot of other things from a lot of other wrestlers and Rick Rude is one of the greatest of all time yeah agreed absolutely so uh, and Joey is like fuck you steals back his mic and it's immediately you sold out chance directed at Rick Rude from the crowd so this is not the regular ECW crowd but they still have an eye on the product and what's happening and they, they get it I think just about yeah but you notice a definite difference between the crowd on this show and the crowd back in the ECW arena. So Joey makes references to Rude's career-ending back injury and turning his back on ECW at Heatwave 1997 and hiring himself out to some male toy boy dancer from another organization. Another organization, yep. It's got to be Shawn Michaels, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I wonder, I wonder who he was referencing it first, but then like with the timeline and everything, it just yeah. like, it has to be because he's gone to DX. So Rude Cut says, you fat, out of shape losers here in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near these Fort Lauderdale sweat hogs. <laughs> and someone immediately chucks a beer over him from the audience. <laughs> and Rude, being the massive professional he is, wipes his forehead, flicks it forward and carries on the promo. Yeah, title boss. Like, oh, you're so good, Rick Rude. What a loss this dude was. The fact his career ended in like 94. For yeah. an on-air authority character, he would have been amazing during the, even running through the whole Attitude Era. Outstanding. Absolutely, man. Totally. So Rude introduces no gimmicks needed Chris Candido. And I get Back in Black by ACDC playing because I'm watching the original broadcast. I did not because I was watching the network. So Todd Gordon is out to interrupt them and he's got all the referees with him. <laughs> all the referees. You Bloody don't. Todd Gordon. <laughs> Here's a man who hung around far too long with no... No purpose, no character, no gimmick. He's just a case of, oh, I'd quite like to be involved. It's like one of those people who run a business or a sports team. Like, I'd quite like to be the face of it. Like Vincent Tan yeah, yeah. at Cardiff. Hello, everyone. I'm Vincent Tan. Oh, I want to be your friend. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, totally. Was he not the legitimate owner of ECW? Who, Vincent Tan? <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> I thought Todd owned at least some of ECW. Todd was, yeah. Yeah, but... but because he originally was, but I know that Paul Heyman's family put in like four million into ECW. Yeah, Heyman came in to book for Todd Gordon. Yeah. And then at the time of the company, I think it was when Todd Gordon, there were rumours that Todd would be going to WCW. Right. That's when Heyman assumed full control. Of oh, the company. okay. That's what happened. I didn't know that little bit of history. Okay, cool. So uh, Todd cuts a little promo for himself. What Rude does out of ECW is his own business. But when he's in ECW, it's Todd's business. Todd gives him a 10 count to get to the back. Otherwise, Candido forfeits the match. I love how Rick Rude turns his back to the audience and walks out. He then turns around and goes, fuck you, Gordon. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's last chance to swear on TV. <laughs> I think that's why he enjoyed being briefly with DX before the screw job. Because he could man. be a little bit more adulty. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Like the, EC, the, the um, WWF stuff he does is 
fun and silly at the time. And on being with DX, he gets to be a little bit rude, but it's nothing like ECW. Yeah. And also, always love it when the Dream wears his nice little gimmick trousers because I was going, oh, that's a nice nod to Rick Rude, that is. Yeah, totally, man, totally. So opening video package, clips from the last few weeks' worth of shows, kind of gets up, uh, gets rounded up with the storylines yeah. best they can. This is extreme. God, I love Paul Heyman doing all the voiceovers for his own opening packages. But it works so well, doesn't it? <laughs> it's so, it's, any other voiceover would sound ridiculous. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So immediately, it's Taz! <laughs> no Team Taz, no Bill Alfonso, just Taz by himself now. And his new TV title. Do you think it looks like the old WF winged Oh eagle? yeah, definitely. So ECW World Television Championship match, Taz, who's the current champion, versus Chris Candido. Announcer says, this is Taz. Mate, get it right. It's Taz! <laughs> <laughs> My God! <laughs> the bell rings. Taz won't come out of his corner. Candido in Taz's face slaps him, but no response from Taz. I love it. Absolute no so. I mean, the thing is already, though, Taz is a champion. It's a championship match. It has very much been overshadowed, and rightly so in some cases, by Rick Rude. Yeah. He's such a good worker as well. He's one of the best heels in the business. And this is very much... Uh, I'm better than you sort of time period. The guys are working with each other because it's ECW, but there's a lot of I need to get myself over and it's so competitive at this time as well. Yeah, and we notice this especially as we go through the card yeah. today. I, I think because now they're seeing people, like I said, the list of people have already left in 97 to go to WCW, WWF. Yeah. This is a shop window, so they're not going to want to be overly... Do you want to go through the list? We'll save it for the end. Okay, we'll, we'll save, save it right end. at the end. All yeah. right. So Joey Styles says can puts over that Candido is only 25 years old, but has been wrestling for 11 years. It's like he's a British wrestler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Regal, done. Everyone, voltage. Start when they're like 13, 14, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting over our local boys now. Yeah. <laughs> so Taz shouts, get up, you pussy, for a massive pop from the crowd as he takes out Candido. It's everything about Taz in ECW, I just... Love it, start to finish. I don't yeah. think anything about his character. I hated for all the shows I've ever watched. I just, it's his, he is what I like as a wrestler. I'm not the m biggest fan ever in that I think he's a bit brutal with dudes. I think that's what I liked. Yeah. At that time, again, not knowing better in like the late, the late 90s, yeah. it's a case of he's a shorter dude. He, he, oh, sorry, no, in ECW, he's six foot two, he's 300 pounds, <laughs> and he's throwing people left, right, and center, regardless of their size. And I was like, I want to do that. Mm. I want to be Taz. See, I think Taz works better as Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the same character, basically, in ROH at least. Very true. But um, I don't know. I like Taz this time period as well, but I always just saw him as a, a guy who was too small to have this gimmick. You know, when you see him up against like Bam Bam or like Brian Lee or something, just like, I just, I don't believe the legitimacy of it. Even at the time as a kid, I was like, hey, he's just a little dude. Like, yeah, I mean, can't even sink that choke properly, you know? Hey, leave that. Kada Hajime. There you go. Uh, Kada Hajime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's how you pronounce it. I'm just going Joey Styles in this one. Pretty sure that was some kind of like anime girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so Joey puts over the fact that both guys have got dodgy necks. It seems to be the story they're kind of trying to tell here is that they're both technically sound and are willing to cheat if they need to. But both guys are actually working with each other, it feels like, for the first time. Yeah. Like, um, I think Candido can obviously work. Like, some of the stuff he's done in the ring over the years is crazy. But again, it's it's typical ECW. These are two guys that were too small to make it in the lands of giants, WCW, WWF. They come to w ECW and, you know, 
they get put over as superstars. Yeah, and that was what Paul was very good at. You always see, and I think it was on the Rise and Fall DVD, it's a case of accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. We may not have yeah. the biggest guys, the tallest guys, the strongest guys, but we've got the best characters. Yeah. Now, despite saying I really like Taz and he can't do much wrong, this match to me was quite dull. Um, uh, from this show, I thought it was one of the better ones. Which was worrying for what was to come. Yeah, this is not the greatest ECW show ever, that's for sure. This is not the level of the opener we had at Barely Legal. Absolutely not. This is not the opener that you want to have on your pay-per-view ever. Yeah. Let alone your second pay-per-view if you've managed to win new fans. But what this match had was it had some crazy high spots. The story wasn't really there. I didn't quite get what the story was. I think it was just like these are the two guys they wanted to get on the pay-per-view. But they didn't really have a storyline coming in. So they were like, well, let's put them together. Yeah, considering how quickly Taz had won the belt, it was only like very little time between then and the pay-per-view to be able yeah. to actually build anything to it. Because they blatantly wanted to do the Shane Douglas in the main event for the rematch purposes, which we'll get into later. But, you know, so who are we going to put the belt on? Well, Taz hasn't got much going on. He's just lost to Sabu after their massive feud, you know. We've got to do something with him. Yeah, nothing like shoving the credibility of a belt. You've lost a match. Have a belt. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Especially with mid-card belts. That happens quite often. Yeah. Candido puts Taz up top. Candido signals for the end by doing the cutthroat sign with his thumb to the hard camera. Taz is sitting on the turnbuckle behind him, facing the hard cam, doing the same motion, and the crowd <laughs> popped pretty massively for it. This is obviously a spot that Taz loves because he did it in the last yeah. match as well. Not necessarily with this signal, but what did he do? Oh, I can't remember. He was standing behind the guy as he did the thing and Taz oh, did it as well. Uh, Sabu was doing Taz's pose. It gets yeah. over massively and it does every time he does it. And King Candido sells it brilliantly because he's like, I'm in. I'm in with these Florida boys. So Taz locks in the car de Hajime. <laughs> Everyone's favorite anime girlfriend. <laughs> or the Taz mission as it's uh, commonly known. Uh, Candido taps pretty much immediately. Your winner and still ECW television champion Taz. 10 minutes and 52 seconds could have had maybe four minutes sliced off this and still done the same. Yeah, I think um, I put it down as a high spot, kind of hot-ish opener, but nowhere near as hot as the Eliminators Dudleys from Barely Legal. No, no. This, If I was watching this, I'd be worrying about my pay-per-view money. Great talents in the ring would have done a lot better if they'd had some story to actually have a purpose for their match. I felt that Taz is very good in-ring, Candido is very good in-ring, but if there's nothing on the line... And again, ignore the recently won ECW TV title. There's no purpose. Belts are props. So they need to be the result of a story rather than... And, and this wasn't, I want to be the best. It was a case of you both need to be on the pay-per-view and open it. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, so we're backstage with Jerry Styles now in front of the blue and black hardcore heaven banner this time. Not the traditional ECW banner that we saw last time. Uh, they've got his commentary headset on, monitor down to his left. The banner isn't quite big enough, so you can see the fans' legs and feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this was an issue. Joey encourages us to buy the tickets to November to Remember in Pittsburgh, which we'll be doing next week. Whee. So yeah, looking forward to that. And he puts over that things happen before the cameras start rolling at ECW shows, and you should definitely buy tickets and turn up. Cuts to the insane clown posse in the ring, jumping around, looking, trying to get themselves over and ECW over. RV, RVD and Sabu, who's in a suit, for some reason. Of course. Of course. He's a businessman what? now. Why is Taboo in a suit? He's a businessman. He's a businessman. <laughs> so weird. Business. <laughs> they smashed the fuck out of the ICP in the ring. Absolutely trash him. Like, oh, they just don't give a fuck. Like, RVD, in a shoot I watched this week, uh, it's talked about being a pillhead around this time. And you can kind of tell he's not looking after these dudes at all. He's out no. to get himself over and that's all he gives a fuck about. Yeah. Homies. Homies. <laughs> How do magnets work? <laughs> <laughs> 
So next up, we've got an ECW revenge match. Spike Dudley against Bam Bam Bigelow. I was so excited for this. Oh, this is one of those matches that you know what's coming. And you're like, how far are they going to take it? Because you've got giant Bam Bam Bigelow. Bigelow? <laughs> Loose Bigelow. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow <laughs> against Spike Dudley, who's just tiny compared to the size of this dude. It's like, we know the spots we've seen, like the whole crowd surfing moments yeah. and such in the ECW arena. Can they pull it off in Florida? Joey refers to him as a special person who has a big win over Bam Bam Bigelow. And as soon as he said this, I was like, ooh, I never thought of Spike in that way, but he is, he's a bit Eugenie. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I'm going to move straight away from this. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll keep with the Benoit jokes. I'm not going to go near this. I'm not sure this is appropriate, really. Um, definitely not in modern times. Even for 1997, I'm just yeah. like, mm, this seems a bit. Mm, don't know about this. I mean, it would. He was one step away from just going. Oh, he's a special little guy, and he's a special little guy. Yeah, very much so. So Bam Bam really working the crowd immediately. Asks who wants him to throw Spike to them. <laughs> it's just like this is mad. Bam Bam puts over at 360 pounds. <laughs> 360? Is he that big? I'd say that's pretty. I'd say that could be accurate. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's the only accurate weight in professional wrestling. <laughs> Spike immediately jumps Bam Bam in the ring, gives him a bit of a headbutt. And then Bam Bam literally beals Spike halfway across <laughs> the ring, just killing him. Spike lands on his head and neck immediately. And I'm like, oh, he's killed him. He's absolutely dead. The very first thing they've done. I love the visual of this. It's, it's nuts. It's brilliant. So crazy. Uh, the, the fans are immediately like, over here, over <laughs> here. They know what's coming. Spike gets some offense in, and I mean some, like a punch and a kick here and there. Bam Bam gives Spike one of the most brutal-looking power bombs I've ever seen in Ooh, my life. It was really uncomfortable. Terrifying. Like, he's just dropped him on his head and neck, like, beeling him halfway across the room and, like, 10 foot in the air. And he immediately picks him up and power bombs the fuck out of him, like, a minute later. It's what we've already touched on, though, isn't it? It's a case of everyone is trying to get themselves over and look good for the cameras rather than looking after their opponent. Yeah. He picks up Spike, drops him over the like ropes onto the ring post, head first. I bust him. Was this was where he bust him open? Was it? Was yeah, it? that's yeah. the one. Yeah, I wonder whether it was a blade job or whether it was hard way. It looked hard way. It looked very much hard way. Yeah, because his head bounces off the top of the ring post. And this is a square, pointy ring. It's yeah. not like a circular, some sort of like less pain off of this. I don't know what I'm trying to no, say. It was it was a nasty. I, I'm pretty sure it was hard way because he said the way you saw his head just like whiplash back straight away. It wasn't oh, protected. Filthy. And and then, yeah, it was an absolute mess yeah. after this. So Bam Bam gets Spike back in the ring. He presses Spike over his head. And where is your murder clown when you need him? Because <laughs> <laughs> he chucks him into the third row of the fucking audience over on the left-hand side. Jesus Christ. It's a big distance. Yeah, it's a huge distance from <laughs> a human being from above your head. <laughs> Like the ringside area, there's a good two meters before the guardrails happen. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of angles. So it's obviously, you know, trajectory if you look at your, if you plot your Spike Dudley line graph, <laughs> <laughs> send us your pictures at Atwell of Rest Pod. <laughs> but it's still so impressive to see how far he launches him. It's madness. And uh, I, I, people are there, they kind of catch him, but a lot of people just move out of the way and he yeah, hits exactly. the chairs. Like, exactly. Poor bastard. <laughs> This is not the ECW arena. They would no. have caught him. They would have caught him, hugged him, cleaned up his blood, given him a <laughs> snack, and sent him on his way. <laughs> this gets a massive ECW chance, obviously. 
Bam Bam celebrates this by doing a cartwheel and a, and a pose in the ring. You're like, this dude's fucking agile as anything. That's the reason as well why I wanted to put a cartwheel into my moveset. There because was a, of Bam Bam. There's a video um, of a training session of me and Mr. Wicked during a training session. And when we're doing like the sleep um, leapfrog routine, yeah, when he slept, instead of just running the ropes, I would cartwheel over him. Oh, lovely. Appreciate that. And then in a match on the uh, I had against Cold-Blooded Conroy, I, that's why I bought the cartwheel into the back elbow. Yeah, well. the handspring yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. there. That you uh, did a little botchy botch on deliberately. Tax Williams can't hit a cartwheel, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of that. That's when, really, really good. When, when being told, make sure you do it badly, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fucking great, man. It's playing your character, you know? That's those little details, man. I really appreciate So the fans kind of helped Spike get back up to his feet and back into the ringside area. A disgusting pile driver by Bam Bam Bigelow. He picks him up over his shoulder, holds him down, boom, on his head. Fucking hell, brutal. Moonsault by Bam Bam Bigelow. But Jesus. Him and Vader, easily the best big men ever in this business. Bam Bam, um, Bam, Bam isn't as nice as Vader's moonsault, though. It's, it's like a moonsault, but he kind of goes off to the side a little bit. Yeah, it's like... Um... It's a bit like Alexa Bliss's finish. Yeah, a sparkle splash. Yeah. <laughs> bam, bam, hit the sparkle <laughs> splash. <laughs> For the one, two, three, and mercifully, mercifully, that's over. Spike is dead. Arrest this man. There's been a murder. Bam, bam, Bigelow is your winner. I love Bam, bam, Bigelow. I was so excited when I was younger and I got the Hasbro Bam Bam Bigelow figure. Because yeah. again, it was when they were going for the time, so they're making the figures look slightly different in shape and size. Right, okay. His little fiery, like onesies, little tattoos on his head. I was like, it was great. And because he was so big, you couldn't even fit the wrestling belts around his waist. I was like, <laughs> yes, love it. Awesome, man. So we're back with Jerry Styles. Uh, they've zoomed in, thankfully, this time, so you can't see the fans' legs below the banner behind him. Uh, he explains that Sandman can't wrestle tonight due to an injury caused by Sabu and RVD. Uh, we get a continuation from the ICP segment earlier where Sabu and RVD have beaten down the ICP. Sandman jumps in but misses his cane shots and RVD and Sabu try to finish off the extreme icon, as Jerry Styles puts it. Uh, massive unprotected chair shots to the head. Sandman is taken away in an ambulance. Nino, Nino. <laughs> Which leads to maybe my favorite moment ever in ECW, which we'll get to after the next match. So we've got a special attraction match now. It's Monday Night Rules. Oh, yeah. I love a Monday Night Rules match. It's like a Duchess of Queensby rules. Everyone knows how these rules work. It's it's hilarious. This whole WF invasion gimmick they're still going with from last time. Absolutely beautiful. And again, continual storytelling. Granted, we've missed now sort of four or five months from pay-per-views because we haven't watched hardcore TV between it. Yeah. But you could tell you're picking up the story as you go through. Yeah, absolutely. Very I went nice. through all the hardcore TV um, results. Thank you, Cage Match, for looking through uh, title changes and matches and stuff. And like, yeah, it looks like some good shows there. I'd love to sit down and go through them properly one day. Yeah, that would be definitely something to do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe do a collection of like, you know, four or five weeks in a row of hardcore TV and stuff, like in, in an interesting time yeah, period. Yeah, definitely. Where people are leaving or controversial stuff happens. But I bet there's some right dog shit in those matches as Controversial well. Controversial in ECW? ECW in 97? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we've got RVD with Bill Alfonso versus Al Snow. Leif Cassidy. Leif Cassidy, was that his name? Yeah, in WWE. 
F when he was teamed with Marty Jannetty as the new Rockers before he left. Oh, geez. This is yeah. not my time period at all. Yeah, no. So after Shawn Michaels had barbered shopped Marty Jannetty, he teamed up with Leif Casty and they were like the new Rockers. Mm, okay. I bet but that was good. Evidently, it went really well because uh, Al Snow's debuting here in ECW. <laughs> <laughs> so RVD comes out to the ECW theme music. If he's Mr. Monday Night, why is he coming out to the ECW theme music? Because Vince wants to it, but he doesn't want to give him the Monday Night Raw theme. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so RVD has the WF logo painted on his singlet. Nice. And WCW and ECW logos. Uh, wait, hang on. The gimmick is you're meant to be from the WWF, mate. He loves to work Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it? So what? He's Mr. Monday Night and he can work WCW as well, in theory. He can work the wherever idea? he wants. I think maybe this is just he's taking too many pills and he's like, fuck it. Just get all these logos printed on. Or, or the other side of it. Which one do you work for? I don't know. Put on all three just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> so Fonzie is introduced as the most admired man in professional wrestling. And I've got to say, Fonzie on this show, again, is working amazingly, but that whistle starts to really piss me off later in yeah, the night. it works to make me hate him. So RVD is introduced as making his home in Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. I popped for huge. That was really funny. Uh, still no thumbs during the Rob Van Dam. He hasn't got the gimmick yet. He's doing it, yeah, but not on the Rob Van Dam. I wonder when it. For, I assume that might be a, a face turn RVD thing when that picks up. So post WF storyline. Yeah, so stuff. you, d- you okay. don't want people doing it in your heel. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Kind of, they're doing it as like a taunt almost. Like yeah. Bill Alfonso does it the whole way during the match. He goes like wah, 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 on his whistle and does the <laughs> thumbs as he's doing it. Yeah. Like, oh, this is great working. Oh, fucking hate you, Fonzie. So, <laughs> do you really hate him? No, no, in, in, in a character way. <laughs> okay. I, I hate his character. Okay, I hate his good. character. I love hearing him talk and interview stuff. He's like, hey, yeah, daddy, yeah, we done this, daddy. <laughs> He's fucking hilarious. And then I took on Bueller and I <laughs> fucked her up and she fucked me up and then I didn't go to WCW. I kept my job. <laughs> I love that match. It's so good. So um, I couldn't work out whether Al Snow is a heel or a face. I couldn't work out what the deal was. Is he mad? Is he angry? What's his gear about? I just don't get it. That was the gear he wore in the new rockers. Okay. So that's basically, I've got books. What, have you got gear? Um, yeah. But What's, he's doing like an insanity sort of gimmick. That's when it trend because that's when he's on his downward spiral to becoming Al Snow and getting all the mannequin heads. Oh, so it's like the beginning kind of, of the idea. Yeah. And I okay. think because Paul Heyman's goal for Al Snow was he was going to be like a nightclub-ish character. They'd be, the whole story behind the Al Snow characters, I think he'd been to like a club the night before and they had loads of strobe lighting and loads of things moving around. And that's okay. when they came up with the idea of the styrofoam head. Because he thought, how good would that look with like darkened thing, strobe lighting, all these white heads bouncing up and down. So Al Snow was supposed to be some sort of like trance. Not him personally as like a DJ, but the entrance, the, the whole feel of his presentation was supposed to be linked around that. Right, okay. So this is the beginnings of that, I guess. It was like a transitional phase. Yeah, I think the plan was this was his mental state of mind, like all the strobes and all the, uh, all the head bits as well. Yeah, shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best character, but again, the entrance <laughs> and how many of the, the heads they handed out. Cause when he... That stuff is great, but Al Snow without head, I, I don't get it. I, I can see that he can go in the ring just about... But he seems to do stuff for the sake of doing it. Like, there's no purpose. Like, I, I genuinely don't like Al Snow very much. You see him talk in interviews and such and about the business, and he seems to downplay everyone else's, like, work and and seems to be, like, put himself over as the greatest worker of all time and knowing everything about professional wrestling. It goes to but show he how... he doesn't seem to understand that there's layers to it. It's not just black and white. There's levels of grey, you know? Yeah, I think you can see now when he set up Collar Elbow, 
as his training school. Mm. I am going to be interested to see what the guys coming out of that school are going to be like. Yeah, how indeed. they're going to fare in modern wrestling. Because again, everything has a place. Al Snow's view of what should be in wrestling, yes, a lot of what he says makes good sense. You don't want to have like loads of forces in your opening match. You don't want to be doing X, Y, and Z. But that's just that common knowledge. Obvious. Yeah, yeah. It's the stuff that I like, I once heard him talk about. He went to his his class like, "What's my finish?" And his class stood at him going, "What?" And he was like, "What's my finish?" And someone was like, "Well, you do the snowplow, you know, you do this." He's like, "No, no, my finish is that I hit people over the head with head." And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> what the fuck is your point here?" And he goes on and on about how like you know a finish isn't a finish unless it finishes the match. And you're like. Yeah, no shit, cowboy. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, someone should speak to people about the mission I could drive a number two. <laughs> <laughs> and a finish is a finish. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. I just never got Al Snow. But anyway, so Al Snow, uh, the match can starts and it's pretty decent. Okay. But Al Snow can't separate the guardrails. <laughs> There's like two minutes of him trying to separate these guardrails to get to the audience. He just can't do it. He keeps trying and trying and trying. He's hardcore. <laughs> this is the best feud of this match. <laughs> Al Snow versus the guardrail. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, I found the match a bit stop starty, a little botchy here and there and Fonzie is fully in the ring blowing his whistle at times like he every time they go to the outside Fonzie jumps in the ring and starts bouncing around the I'm first like, one is great. after the um, RBD's Tobe Hilo, wasn't it when yeah, he yeah. jumped in and that stage I was like oh look Fonzie's in the ring <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be there a lot I, I found this at least funny yeah I wasn't enjoying the match very much obviously I'm not an Al Snow fan no and, and again RVD at this stage, I don't know who was leading this match, but it was just a clusterfuck. Yeah, it really felt Th- like that. It there felt was like they no were just structure. trying to get their spots in. Yeah, no structure to this at all. Yeah, real weird. A kind of sporadic chance in the crowd. They're starting to die a little bit. They're not really as into it. I think the Bam Bam Spike thing was so over, and this isn't Philadelphia. This is Florida. It must yeah. be fucking boiling in that room at this time of year. Yuck. August in Florida? Yeah, yucky, yucky. Yeah, I can. you can see why they'd be a little bit dead. Paul Heyman wouldn't have paid to have the aircon turned on. <laughs> Fuck no, man. We're lucky to have electricity. <laughs> it's actually like plugged into someone's car lighter. <laughs> <laughs> RVD hits the not quite five-star frog splash yet, because no one calls it that yet. The three cornflake splash. There we go. <laughs> Al Snow hits what Joey calls his Northern Lights bomb, which is eventually becomes the snowplow. What's that name? That name again. That name, name again. again. It's Mr. Plow. <laughs> Gets the two count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't know why that tickled me so much i don't know i was watching it i just suddenly that came into my I head i was like house no verse mr plow it's an excuse to sing mr plow in the podcast yeah. why wouldn't we so security douchebags uh with their headsets are really starting to annoy me during this match they're constantly like moving the guardrails telling fans to sit down and things like this and you're like Mate, this is ECW. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't think Paul's hired these guys. I think these are venue. Yeah, there's they. At least you can tell the ECW arena. They know what they're going to expect, so they just let things go. They know what what's happening. Whereas, don't stand up and enjoy yourself at a wrestling match for the whole thing. Okay, for a whole thing, but they're not. They're standing up at the spots they want to see, and yeah. the people behind them are standing up. Yeah, absolutely. Bank seating. You can do it and not piss people off. Yep, absolutely. Um, it feels like someone showed them the mass transit incident before they've come oh, to the show maybe, to the security yeah. and they're just like we're not gonna let anything happen in this show yeah you know at least they've had rumors maybe about how hardcore this is going to be or they've heard those a chance like a 17 year old kid to get on the card maybe they're yeah. trying to get booked like the <laughs> wwe security guy did <laughs> we're just gonna jump the rail <laughs> see what yeah. happens fonzie chucks rvd a chair he throws it directly at al snow al snow catches it ducks his head forward waits about three seconds Van Daminator through the chair for, from absolutely fucking nowhere gets the one, two, three, and your winner, Rob Van Dam. Yawn. Yeah, I just put terrible. 
Al Snow minus the head gimmick is the shits. RVD is is amazing. He's so talented, but it's total spot monkey stuff. My notes for this was this was utter bullshit. RVD can't put together a match for love nor money. Um, did a lot of cool shit, but um, it's amazing how all this stuff added to nothing. Minus five stars. It's not that bad, but you know. Minus like, four and a half stars. Yeah, minus two and a bit. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just everything I don't want to see in Paris thing. I don't yeah. get it. However, don't worry, because if you didn't like this match, you got an absolutely brilliant, brilliant piece of VT next. Where did they get this? Who thinks to do this? Like, what it happened in Paul Hamer's head where it was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So Joey Styles is backstage, <laughs> and I've literally written down the quote because I couldn't think how to... I tried to describe it like 10 times. I was sitting there rewriting the sentence like... I'm just going to write down what he said. <laughs> Wait a minute. Earlier tonight, we showed you the Sandman with thanks to RVD and Sabu being loaded into an ambulance. They were heading for the hospital. We've got what? We've got a helicopter chasing the ambulance. <laughs> Holy OJ Simpson, Batman. <laughs> we cut to a helicopter in the sky tracking an ambulance going through Florida. What the fuck? Absolutely ridiculous. Where did they get a helicopter from? I wonder if they just nicked the footage. And, and then had someone else in a helicopter and had Lance right up there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They must have had a hell of a camera as well because I don't know if you noticed this, but the camera zooms down to the helicopter and then the same shot pulls up to Lance Oh, yeah, they had the a heli. Big, good bit of kit. And you're like, this is so overly complicated for pro wrestling. Like, what is this? For 1,800 fans, there's a lot of money. Paul Heyman definitely <laughs> didn't pay this in, boys. It's like, where did the budget go? That four million that his family lent him. I think he went on this fucking helicopter. Jesus mate. Christ. Hiring an ambulance. Like they don't just you don't just pop up. No, not. It's, it's you could, you could, maybe he was one of those like I'd like to have a uh, a helicopter experience over Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> and so they've hired it. And then what they do is said, "Do you mind if we just film this little bit?" And at the same time, they was like, "Oh, what do you want to see? I want to follow that ambulance." It's fucking insane, man. Ah, but now go on. As we briefly made mention to Lance Wright was the uh, on-site reporter. Yeah, the guy in the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. What do you know about Lance Wright? Absolutely nothing. Right. Didn't even recognize him. I recognized him and I thought, I'm pretty sure I know where he's from. And I was right. Go on. About three, four months after this, Lance Wright was in a faction in ECW called The Invaders, which also featured Draws. Draws? Okay, it's Darren Draws stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were a faction called Invaders. And wow, that's okay. where it, that's where I thought I'd seen him before. And that was pretty much it for him. So he was an actual wrestler. And yeah. this was his first on-camera experience. Because he fucks it up massively straight away. Because he slips up and he says, Sandman is in the James L. Knight Center. And that's not where Hardcore Heaven is going to be. I mean, where it is this evening. <laughs> they blatantly pre-taped it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's awful. He's not great. I mean, he's doing an okay job doing the little silly stuff in the helicopter, but... I really hope he's scared of heights. What a rib. <laughs> this is terrifying. You want to be on TV? Get in this helicopter. <laughs> Lean out with the camera. <laughs> So Sandman is hopefully on his way back to the arena. Uh, Joey explains that Sandman has commandeered the ambulance. This is hilarious. It's just so good. I mean, not to try and find plot holes in this at all, yeah. but did Sandman call Joey Styles? Hi, Joey. Just let you know, I've beaten up the ambulance staff. I've thrown him out of the ambulance and I'm driving back to the arena. Oh, by the way, I'm probably over the legal limit to drive. This is blatantly the guy in the helicopter was meant to explain more. Didn't quite get it. Because if you look when he does the tape, 
As soon as the camera's about to cut, he looks to his left and starts having a conversation who was blatantly poorly dangerously sitting next <laughs> to him, Paul Heyman, uh, like telling him what to say. And like, it seems like they've run out of tape or something's gone wrong or something. Classic ECW, run out of tape. Because like, this is the best tape we've got. We've got to use it. We can't get the fucking helicopter out again. It cost us like 10 grand to do it, you know? <laughs> Um, but what a segment. What what ambition this shows from ECW. What did they call the name of the helicopter? I didn't write it down. The Extreme Chopper. That's it, the Extreme Chopper. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. I really hope that's somewhere in the WWE warehouse. Well, the actual Extreme Chopper. Yeah, because you know they've got that big warehouse. I don't I think really... they bought it, mate. <laughs> I reckon they did. Well, it's probably re- repossessed long before. <laughs> <laughs> With the 7 million ECW was in debt at the end oh, of their longevity. Jesus. you know, yeah. Which is not actually that much for a company like this. But now, still. don't worry, creditors. I've got a fantastic asset which will clear all of your debts. <laughs> this helicopter, the Extreme Chopper, appeared on our television show, therefore making it worth at least double the value, sir. Of course, of course, yeah. It's fucking brilliant. So backstage, we've got Jerry Lawler cutting a promo. He puts over that the whole of the WWF roster is behind him tonight in his match with Tommy Dreamer. He says the Undertaker's going to told him to use the tombstone. Austin's told him to use the stunner and blah, blah, blah. blah Bret Hart's style, even though they don't get on, Austin put him in a sharpshooter. Of course, yeah. So Dudley's in the ring now. We've got Bubba, Devon, Big Dick Dudley, Joel Gertner, Sign Guy, and Jenna, Jenna Jameson. Jameson. <laughs> Where did this come from? Mm. <laughs> Straight after this, I paused. and I was like, I wonder what she's like now. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> Definitely did. Not the proudest second fact you've had in a week. <laughs> ECW is allowing me to have a whole new leash of life. <laughs> if ever there was a she's got herpes charm, this was the time. <laughs> and they miss it completely. <laughs> That's because they're probably too busy going, my word, she's wearing quite a non-PG top. She's not wearing a lot. Let's put it that way. Jesus. I'm very aroused. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Gertner cuts a promo. Joel, Joel does his not-so-subtle innuendos. Uh, he introduces the ref by saying, your referee tonight is bald. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's fucking funny. <laughs> like, such a childish thing to do, but oh, <laughs> so good. Joel Gertner says the gangsters aren't allowed to be there tonight, uh, mainly because Masafa Saeed has left the company at this point. What do you mean? They're just not allowed to be there. Yeah, he's trying to put this over as a gimmick, but um, when the whole roster comes out right at the end of the night, New Jack's there. They're like, yeah. oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> with, <laughs> the the n- with one of the new gangsters. Oh, is he? Cronus. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they went with after yeah. this? Oh, fair enough. Uh, so Joel announces that the Dudley boys are now the ECW Tag Team Champions. Because he's got the authority to do this. Yeah, apparently so. Oh, the gangsters can't come here, so we're the new Tag Team Champions. So what's going to happen now in my life? Me, it's not going to be able to make a show, so I'm the fucking champ. Weird, man. Very Nightmare. weird. I tried looking up why Mustafa Saeed has left ECW. Couldn't find any information no, anywhere. I had a quick look. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. I came to win. Battle me. That's a sin. My favorite fucking song ever. Jump around by House of Pain plays. And you get some bullshit generic music, I imagine. Hooray for PG-13. <laughs> so we get ECW Tag Team Championship match of the Dudley Boys against PG-13. JC Ice, Jamie Dundee, and Wolfie D. Um, these boys are awesome. I also have a little background fact of Wolfie D. Go for it. I don't really know Wolfie D. I know Jamie Dundee, obviously, but not Wolfie D. Wolfie D was on a de- developmental contract with WWE. Oh, okay. In the old OVW days. Yeah. Now, do you remember the slightly gothic faction that had Batista in as Leviathan? And what, in OVW? Yeah. Yeah. This guy was Slash also in that group. Oh, really? Yeah. He looked very different. Yeah, he did, because he'd basically bulked up after this. He'd basically got hence, shaved his head, 
and yeah, he was he was down a slash. I can't remember who the other chap in the group was uh, who played Bane. I think that might have been Draws who was Bane. No idea, man. No idea. But anyway, Leviathan, Bane, and Slash. Nice. But he man. was one of the uh, one of that group in OVW. Sweet deal. And never got called out to the main roster. <laughs> Evidently <laughs> not, because he never made it, did he? No. It's a shame. Uh, he's a hell of a worker in this show. I really enjoyed their stuff, actually. Like yeah. I thought the uh, PG-13 boys were underrated. Because Dundee was trained by his father, mm. and the whole storyline, because it was in USWA, yeah, where, yeah. where they were originally well, based with their... They're um, the current ECW... Uh, the US, they're the current USWA tag team champions at this point. So shortly before this, um, Dundee had turned on his father who trained him, and that's ah. when he formed PG-13. Nice, cool, cool. So they're giving us a kind of like party boy. They've got the Zumba pants star thing going on, and they've got like interesting hats on and sunglasses. Yeah, I mean, Public Enemy had left for WCW at this point, right? <laughs> well, I guess that's the gimmick, really, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So J- Jamie Dundee's on the mic. He calls Mama Dudley a hoe, and Devon gets really, really mad and sells this really, really yeah, he well. Did. Absolutely love it. He rips on them for being fat, calls Big Dick Dudley a big dick, like, eh, it's not the greatest line ever, uh, calls Gurton a fat Elvis and flirts with Jenna Jameson and does a Beavis and Butthead impression by going, uh, here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's so over with me. I'm a big Beavis I enjoyed and it. Fan. I enjoyed that a lot. So Dundee takes off his hat and, oh my God, he has Iceman King Parsons hair. <laughs> yeah. This is fucking great. My notes both say, Iceman, Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we both spotted it. Because the three strip mohawk thing with the dyed bits, like it is, it's the same haircut. I swear if I could grow hair, I'd definitely have hair like Iceman <laughs> King Parsons. We could stick some on, man. It'd be all right. And people would know. I'm not going to trump this <laughs> hairstyle. Joey Styles calls Gertner... And I'm just going to quote this. This is not me saying the word. A spastic. <laughs> it was so awful. Oh, Jesus. Times have changed, man. I, yeah, I mean, that would be future endeavoured straight away for even thinking that, let alone saying it. This is a different time for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the same thing as we said at the start of the first pod. We're going to ignore the chair shots, everything we knew, the debauchery that was ECW and concentrate on the in-ring and the storytelling. But there are some very, very obvious reminders of why ECW really struggled on TNN and why Vincent Mann said, you're probably going to change your product a bit, Paul. You're spastic. (laughs) (laughs) So Dundee and Devon are running the ropes at the beginning of the match. Dundee slides out to the outside and plants one on Jenna Jameson. Mm. I don't think she knew this was coming. She looked genuinely shocked. He's like, I've got one opportunity to do this. I'm doing it. (laughs) No chance in there. I'm missing this opportunity. Lawler probably told him. I'll tell you what. I'll make sure you keep these belts if you go and plant one on her. Do you say Jerry Lawler? Yeah. She's way too old for Lawler, mate. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, at this uh, week's STPW show, the power players of Will Power and Fentos did one of my favorite spots of all time, which happens in this match. (laughs) Where Devon's on the outside and gets, uh, I think it's um, Jamie Dundee's arm or whatever, and is bringing it down over his shoulder, yeah. smashing it with his back to the ring, facing the audience. And as soon as this happens, I know what's coming, but I think a lot of the kids at ringside don't know what's happening. So uh, basically, um, he does it two or three times, and then he goes to do it the third time, and Jamie Dundee reverses it. So he's doing it to Bubba in the yeah, corner and smashes so his arm good. over his shoulder. And then both guys can come around the ringside and be like, hello, <laughs> who are you doing it to? Look over your shoulder. It's like, oh, it's my tag team partner. Bollocks. It's a massive you fucked up chance. Uh, this is one of my favorite spots of all time. I mean, this is the best thing on the card. Without a shadow. Outside of the Spike Dudley um, Bam Bam match, 
This is the favourite part of this card for me. It's so funny. What a classic, hilarious, fun spotlight. It's just, it, it just everything works for it. And what was so nice about this weekend's SCPW show, I know we're talking about ECW, but yeah, go for it. Yeah. How people, how like Will Power finds these little things and brings them into the match. Yeah, yeah. The ref is distracted by all the shenanigans going on in the corner. Double choke slams a PG-13 by Big Dick Dudley into the ring. Jenna Jameson trips Dundee as he goes to run the ropes. The crowd chant, bounce, bounce, bounce <laughs> to Jenna, and she obliges them to a massive applause. I love face Jenna James. <laughs> <laughs> In a heel faction, she's said how to work, brother. I love her heels as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Victorian style porn. Mm, your ankle. Did you catch how uh, the crowd had this bit of a sing song here? I wonder whether you got this or whether it was cut out. Oh, I don't recall a sing song. So it's, Mama Dudley is a hoe, do-da, do-da. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do really not funny. recall this chart. <laughs> it comes back a second time later. So yeah, just remember that. We get a low blow by Dundee, a hot tag to Wolfie D, 3D Dudley death drop. Just kind of like reverse it and straight into the 3D for the one, two, three. And winners and still ECW tag team champions, Dudley boys. This was another match that very much someone said, go home, go home. I it it felt like this, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had a lot of fun and shenanigans. And I think they know with the 3D, they can hit it at any point they want to. So... We yeah. can just have shenanigans, hit the 3D off the hot tag, boom, done. Easy. I think Makes having sense. a porn star with the Dudleys wasn't great for their characters, hated, hated heels. No, it didn't seem to work. You would have thought she'd come out with like Sandman or someone maybe. Yeah. But I'm not sure she would be trusted next to Sandman, <laughs> to be totally honest. Or Sandman shouldn't be trusted, I should say. Um, Jenna is very happy at the end of the match. I noted that down because <laughs> that's all I'm looking at. <laughs> Jamie Dundee grabs the mic at the end of the match and goes, hey, Dudleys. You may have won that match, but your mama is still a hoe. That'll learn you. Great. Jerry Styles updates us on the helicopter ambulance situation. <laughs> Lance Wright is in the heli, tracking the ambulance still. Sandman stopped at a gas station to grab a pack of cigs and a cold beverage, but he still can't find the venue because he's the Sandman. <laughs> and he's pissed out of his face. And to be fair, Satnav's probably wouldn't have been around that time. I imagine not. He's just going by the stars. He's <laughs> <laughs> like... um. Triple A route planner probably isn't helping him. Have you ever seen Sandman interviewed? Like, as in shooting? No. I so, really hope he's like some kind of really well educated man who speaks like this and is quite proper. So, not to that extent, but he is a complete savant when it comes to numbers. It's crazy. So, um, I'll try to send you a couple of clips during the week so you can see what I'm talking about. And I can highly recommend checking out the U shoots that he did. Okay. Because he's talking about like sexcapades that happen between certain wrestlers and things. Would and, it be Raven in a remote? Uh, no. <laughs> but similar. And he literally knows the room numbers. He knows the time of day that he got up. Like, exactly. Like, he's like, it was 4.05 in the afternoon and I was in room 629 and they were in room 129 and we went down there and it's like, how do you know these numbers? This was 20 years ago. Because he's committed it to memory for police inquiries. <laughs> <laughs> but like, seriously, he knows every day. He doesn't have a telephone number in his telephone. He knows them all off the top of his head. It's crazy. You wouldn't think Sandman is this like good with numbers. Part of me thinks I want this to be true, but also part of me hopes this is a really good work. It's like, I was in room... 619. Hello, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Just working the whole time. You know? He might have been bullshitting, but... It seems like his stories are pretty consistent as well, which yeah. is the crazy thing. It's like, wow, it's astonishing that dude that it feels like he's smart. He is a smart dude, but he's never really given the opportunities in life. Yeah. And started in construction straight out of this and straight into ECW full time. 
had a bit of a run WCW, but obviously had a few issues at the time. So I mean, no one should ever say that alcohol and drugs ruin careers. Jesus, this time period as well. Like this was yeah. rife in the industry, like horrifically. It's so. not like there was much money around either. Oh, hang on a minute, we've just got Jenna James in a fucking helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut back to ringside and someone forgot to pay the electricity bill because we get a blackout. The classic Jim Ross line. Uh, The lights come on and Jerry Lawler is in the middle of the ECW ring and no one seems to really care because this isn't Philadelphia and he hasn't got the heat he does there. No, everyone's like, oh, it's that WWF guy. Yeah, exactly. What a treat. You you know what they expected. Yeah, they Lights come on. Bearing for blood straight away. And it doesn't happen. Florida's just, they don't give a shit. Yeah, a shower of rubbish being thrown into the ring. Yeah, there's a little bit, but nothing really at this yeah, point. Yeah, for the ECW guys who couldn't get front row tickets who are yeah. up in the bleachers. And, excuse, and the security would be like, excuse me, sir, can you just not do that? <laughs> Pretty much, man. It's so weird. It doesn't feel like ECW. No, this is this is why it shouldn't. And it, I think it failed again as a touring brand. Yeah, yeah. You've got your core fans. Which brings me on to, this show felt a lot like poorly trying to expand into other areas especially now he knows he can get pay-per-view because once you get one you're probably going to get more yeah because there would have been buy rate and success but yep. this screams of i've expanded i've got my hardcore tv i've got all my cyber slams and bits of bobs like that he must have realized there was a market for wrestling but i wonder if it was a case of we're going to do this we're going to go out to the wrestling rather than we're going to go out and watch ecw yeah, yeah, absolutely. It feels that there is, um, it's nearly all blokes in the crowd. They're all over 18. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like the ECW crowd. It feels like a wrestling crowd, as you say. Yeah, they didn't know the characters. They didn't know too much of the story because this Jerry Lawler thing should have had them jumping out of their seats to try and kill him. Yeah, absolutely. I did have a little look at the show we're doing next week, which is November to Remember in Pittsburgh. And because that's closer to Philadelphia and stuff, the crowd are a legit fire for it. Excellent. So I can't wait to get back to that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally honest. Yeah. So he shits on the ECW and promotes the WWF's next pay-per-view. Not sure you're going to get many buy rates out of these boys that aren't already buying it. No, no. <laughs> uh, I'd say Lawler is in his element, but pretty sure there's an age limit on the door. Way. <laughs> Lawler proceeds to cut the exact same promo he did before, literally word for word. Yeah, it was annoying. It's like he didn't realize that that promo was going to be shown. They were just like, go cut the promo in the ring instead. I wonder whether there was a mistake here. Yeah, it, it, you shouldn't have that back yeah. to back. Which makes me want to bring up at this point the Lawler Heyman great debate on WWF TV. Did you ever see this? This is when they had the podium set up in the middle of the ring. That's the one. I've never watched it. I've seen like the shot of it. So Heyman starts to get frustrated because Lawler won't let him speak. Like they're shooting. You can tell they are shooting on Raw and Vince is going, go on, get at each other. You're WF, you're ECW, tell us why. And Lawler's going like, ah, oh, your rinky dink promotion this and you know, you can't sell that. When WF come to Philadelphia, we sell out like 8,000 people. And you get like, what was that? Like 1,000? <laughs> and Paulie starts to get angrier and angrier and angrier. And you can tell he's starting to get wound up. And he kind of goes, you want to shoot with me, boy? And Lawler goes, yeah, I want to shoot with you. Heyman delivers what I think is maybe the best line I've ever fucking heard. Where he goes, how are the swings at the playground in Louisville, Jerry? <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> like, What? 
unroar. And like he skips over and carries on talking. But the fact he dropped that line, it's just like, oh, what a dude. I love you, Paul Heyman. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because it's fuck all to talk about on this pay-per-view. So maybe talk about <laughs> the other stuff that's happening. <laughs> One of the other best Paul Heyman things was after the Leiter and Edge thing, and it was at one night stand, yeah. and Edge had been fired. And even though I know it was worked, the pop for that is like, I've got two words for you. Shame you said three. Mad freaking hard. <laughs> the beer spit. I was like, oh, yes, please. Well done. Yeah, Edge does a good job of telling that as well. And I know it was legit as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he knew it was coming, but yeah, it's still pretty brutal. That promo is... I love Paulie in the ECW ring. At any point, angry is the best promo in the business. <laughs> JBL was only a champion for a year because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. What a lie. <laughs> like, seriously, guy, especially a dude that we all kind of hate as well. Yeah. <laughs> JBL. Like, it's, it's, it had an interesting little run at the end of SmackDown sort of time period, but yeah. I fucking hate JBL. What a prick. I like the fact that the meanies basically got a job out of it because he was going to sue him for JBL being a prick. I love how they made JBL put him over on yes. more, more on SmackDown. Smackdown yeah, yeah. yeah, that was great. So I get Alison Chain's Man in the Box, the classic Tommy Dreamer entrance music. And I'm assuming you got the... Well, at this stage, to be fair, I, I, I'd stopped taking notes on the music was because okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure this isn't going to be licensed. So it could be or it couldn't be. You probably got the um, dum, Tommy Dreamer. Dum, bum, yeah, bum, which is a rip-off bum. of Man in the Box. Ah, uh, there we so, go. Yeah, it works, okay. So he's got Beulah with him. And really weirdly, Beulah's coming out with both arms covering her chest, like covering herself up. I thought we were going to get a reveal I thought there was going to be something like, you know, some sort of, I don't know, talking point in the evening. But I just think she looks really uncomfortable. Yeah. I wonder if it's a case of the security guy have gone. They're a bit handsy out there, madam. Best cover up. Yeah, maybe. But there's such a big entrance way as well. <laughs> they're such a big. <laughs> but she's, she's used to coming out of the ECW arena, for fuck's sake. And I know, like, yes, there's some dickheads there. But the vast majority of the, cr- the fans would protect Beulah. They understand she's part of the family. Yeah. Especially the wrestlers. So XPW wrestlers, this is much later. This is like 2000, 2001, I think. XPW is a rival promotion run by a porn star company. Pieces of shit company. Never liked them. Um, but basically, uh, some guy at ringside, there's four or five wrestlers at ringside who have bought tickets legitimacy, legitimately. One of them grabs Francine's boobs, I think it is, and throws up the X from XPW, which is the same as the gangster thing. Whole locker room for ECW empties out and beats the shit out of them in a the car park. Good. Yeah, fucking A. Bunch of cunts. <laughs> they deserve that beating. Rightly so. Just referencing all sorts of weird ECW shit because, again, this pay-per-view's got fuck all to talk about. So <laughs> let's get to the good bits. So Dreamer turns we'll Get into- to the good bits. What, next week's pay-per-view? <laughs> <laughs> so Dreamer comes out, turns to the crowd, doing his arms out thing, expecting the Philadelphia pop. And again, the crowd is like, oh, all right, what's up, Tommy? How you doing? <laughs> Just don't care. <laughs> Does this guy drive the bus? What's, what's he doing here? <laughs> Dreamer clearly mouths, motherfucker, as he comes up to Jerry Lawler, which is pretty funny. So we've got Tommy Dreamer versus Jerry Lawler in this kind of like, it's it's kind of typically Memphis sort of style match, really. I'd say so. The build to it, again, is classic Memphis, isn't it? Yeah, like Jerry obviously is playing up to the WWF. You're a hardcore promotion. We're not hardcore. But... Memphis is notorious for like chain matches, scaffold matches, all this sort yeah. of stuff. Like this is where a lot of the stuff came from for ECW. I think that's again potentially why Lawler's got such beef with ECW. 
because Heyman is the innovator of hardcore, ah. and Lawler will never be happy that he won't tip his cap to Memphis, where they innovated a lot of these match ideas. Heyman also called him a pedo a bunch of times on TV, so he's got a point. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> the fact is that Bill Heyman's true on that. He's not true about stealing the stuff. <laughs> so Lawler's like, yeah, I'm a pedo, but you stole my gimmick, motherfucker. Jima <laughs> <laughs> whips out a kid-sized baking sheet from his pants and whacks Jerry over the head with it. And Lawler... At that point, Lawler was like, oh, fuck, that's the uh, makeup Easy Bake kitchen I've got at home. <laughs> One of the trophies. Yeah. <laughs> Scumbag. Right. So Lawler Instablades and sells like a boss. Like as much as I detest a lot about Jerry Lawler, this dude can fucking work. Jesus Christ. Jerry Lawler, good. the wrestler, is brilliant, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's so, so good. You can see why he was top guy in Memphis, and apart from the politics and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, it's a shame he never got the chance really to do this on the big stage. I think the problem with Jerry Lawler was when he was in WWE, the rape accusation uh, ruined his push. Yeah, and the fact he's a fucking pedo and all this sort of other shit. Like, you know, why are you still allowed to be on TV? I will never understand. Well, he's only really allowed to go to Saudi Arabia now where they applaud him. <laughs> well, Hi, Crown Prince. Careful now. <laughs> How you doing? So get Walker Brawl into... The- I'm just moving over that. <laughs> Skipping over it. If you'd like to come on the pod. <laughs> no, give us some money, though. I'll take your money. Yeah, but we'd have to go and do the pod over there and I don't think we'd be allowed to travel. Fuck that shit. So Walker Brawl in the EC- into the ECW fans. Jerry Lawler's got to be pretty brave going into these ECW fans. I wonder again if this is the reason why they did this here and not Philly. Oh, yeah. Because I think if they'd done it in sense. Philly, they wouldn't be able to get do this. Yeah, I think Lawler does do some spots in Philly as well because I've seen clips in the past. But um, it could have been from this show, to be honest. Oh, okay. I'm not really t- entirely sure. Because if he'd gone into the crowd in Philly... Like the first time he was there. It doesn't surprise me. That I uh, What was the quote? I think it was like, it surprised me this place isn't made of toilet paper because it's full of shit. <laughs> it's a hell of a quote. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, when I watched an interview with Shane Douglas talking about the Gary Wolf uh, Halo incident that we talked about last yeah. week on the pod, which apparently was legitimate. Wow, okay. Apparently that neck injury was absolutely legitimate. We were questioning it last week. And yeah. I looked up a bit of it and everyone's selling it is real. I don't know whether it was, but whatever. Um, so when they did the Halo incident, Shane Douglas got chased out, but essentially a riot because the crowd started jumping the rails and oh, stuff. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah, security had to like do the presidential thing where they bend you over and tuck your neck and lob him out of the ring. And there's a hilarious story where he talks about trying to get into the car, but the person who's in it, I think it's Bam Bam or Candido or someone that's driving. And because they put the keys in the ignition ready to go, the door's instantly locked so we couldn't get in the car. <laughs> and he's got the fans baying for his blood, chasing him and stuff. <laughs> But he made a really cool quote. He was talking about how he was talking to Funk and Funk said to him, if this happens, like you get caught in a riot, you won't know you've been stabbed until later in the night. You know? And I feel like Jerry Lawler's got a check. He hasn't been stabbed <laughs> a few times walking through this ECW crowd. Because this sort of shit still would happen around this time, I think you know? So, yeah. uh, chair shots, burgers to the face, fan hands Dreamer a belt and he uses it to whip Lawler. Lawler takes over and proceeds to receive everything Tommy Dreamer did in the night, including the same burger that's still on the floor. Yeah. Picks it up and he's going, oh, I've got your Burger King right here! And shoves it in yeah. Dreamer's face. Again, Jerry Lawler's a great worker, even though he is a piece of shit. So a fan starts a Lawler fucks 14 year olds. Do da, do da, Sean. Would you believe it? Oh, that was edited off the network. I didn't hear that. I thought it might have been. That's why I wrote it down. I was like, God bless you, that fan. Uh, pile driver by Lawler, one of the best pile drivers in the business. I shouldn't have been kicked out, by the way. Absolutely not. Tommy Jimmy kicks out of this to fuck all pop as well. And I'm like, he just kicked out Jerry Lawler's pile driver. Exactly. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Lawler tears off the EC fucking W shirt from Tommy Dreamer's back and wipes his armpits and then his ass with it. 
Joey gets put this over so hard yeah, on commentary. He's like, done. that's cinema. <laughs> Very Vincent man, you know. You son of a bitch. <laughs> he never says bitch because he's a good Catholic boy. <laughs> yeah, he should have learned that from Bailey Legal. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dreamer starts to hulk up as Lawler starts to throw his punches. Um, Lawler's shtick uh, pulling down the strap is done by Tommy Dreamer. And you're like, oh, that's a nice, nice spot. Like, nice I like touch. that. Really good. You kind of tell he's a fan at this point. And you're like, yeah, we get it, mate. We get it. Lawler's reaction to this is so good. Like, what, 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 what? How are you doing this? That's my spot. Yeah. It's, he's, his storytelling in ring is fantastic. Yeah, really, really good. So we get Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Levels, styles of nut shots by Lawler at this point, repeatedly dropping his knee onto Tommy Dreamer's bollocks. And we get a ref bump out of absolutely fucking nowhere. Of course we do. It's ECW. I know. And oh, the funniest thing ever. Lawler whips on a DDT on the ref and nails yeah, yeah. it. You're like, what? George Weyer was, no, George Weyer was taken out. Oh, I don't get that reference. Icy Milan strip. Oh, nice, nice. Very nice. Okay, I get it. Dreamer goes to crotch Lawler on the outside on the ring post. You know where they do the legs around the ring yeah. post? And the lights, the, the electricity is gone again. The lights go out. Another $50 goes in. <laughs> Poorly spending all the budget on helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> the generator's plugged into the helicopter. <laughs> lights come up and it's Rick Rude. Hang on, he's been ejected from the building early this evening. Um, What's he doing here? Of course he was. <laughs> Smashes a rubbish bin over Dreamer's head. We get the ref starts to come up for the pinfall. And one, two... Dreamer kicks out! Hooray! Dreamer goes for the pile driver, but the lights go out again. And holy fucking shit, it's Jake the Snake Roberts! Looking good, Jake. Looking a little grizzled. Little grizzled old vet. I mean, one of the greatest of all time. On for in-ring psychology, yes. We haven't done any Jake on the podcast yet either. So this is like his debut on our podcast. I'm like... Oh, maybe we should have picked something else for Jake to have his first show here. I think we'll talk about Jake at length on a different show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for now, I was surprised to see him because I didn't know he turned up at this. I remember Rick Rude. I didn't realise Jake was there. And then I became instantly confused. Yeah. He's meant to be WF guys. Yeah. That's what this is meant to be, obviously. But he, I think he's left the company by this point. Or was this at the time in 97 where Lawler had finished with Brett... And him, he was basically ridiculing uh, Jake Roberts for being an alcoholic and a newly new, uh, born-again Christian. Yeah, because Jake cuts a promo at some point talking about his God and your God and stuff like that to yeah. the camera. So it's definitely in that Austin 316 uh, because period. They, they had a feud in WWF where essentially Lorna kept pouring beer all over ah, Jake Roberts. Okay. And and Jake's like going, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Coke, Jerry? Bring it in. <laughs> Don't do it, Jerry. Don't do it. Ah. <laughs> massive ddt chance by the audience jake is over as fuck as you would expect yep. him to be everyone absolutely loves him he gives the ddt to dreamer lawler goes to shake jake's hand my favorite move in the entire world the short arm clothesline which fucking no card stole as his finish <laughs> rainmaker <laughs> rainmaker i love the short arm clothesline. i remember seeing jake do this as a kid and being like oh that's just so cool yeah short arm clothesline where he puts it over his head and comes down whack it's just so simple everyone so can effective. hit it on everyone looks good Easy to sell. Yeah. I always thought that if I would ever go into it, it would be one of my finishes. And then Akada's done it as the big thing. And then Jimmy Havoc's done it. And Ginny does it now. And I'm like, yeah, it's a bit done, isn't it, really? So Lawler falls on Dreamer for the one, two. And Dreamer kicks out again. Ooh, so he's kicked out two pile drivers. He's kicked out like, Rick Rude smashing him over the head. And a Jake Roberts DDT. Come on, Dreamer. You're meant to be like, you know, not win matches. I was disgusted at this. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan. 
So Jima pops up, goes for the even flow DDT, and the lights go out again. Lights come back up, and it's sunny. Tammy Linsich. She's not ever been in trouble, has she? No, definitely not. But God damn, she looks good at this point. 1997, sunny? Mm, yeah, all right. So Beulah in, if I'm warning. I even highlighted it in red in my notes. <laughs> Our first cat fight in ECW because we didn't have one barely legal. No, we haven't had any yet that I've seen. Oh, I'm disappointed Jen Jameson didn't come out for this. <laughs> Lula has Beulah and goes to Power Driver. Dreamer with the chair. Lula pulls Beulah in front of him. What a scumbag. She's way too old for him. Yeah. <laughs> both both Beulah and Dreamer give Lula low blows. Good lads. Stopping like, you know, castrate pedophiles, right? That's what we're meant to do. <laughs> Even flow DDT by uh, Dreamer for the one, two, three, and your winner, Tommy Dreamer. Holy shit, the booking in this match is really, really fun. Yeah, the structure of this match was brilliant, start to finish. I'm not a huge fan of lights off, lights on sort of situation. Yeah, did it way too often, but the effect works. I would, these guys could just run in and would have had the same thing. I like the idea of all the people they could have had come down. I will have Jake, I will have Sonny. Yeah. Because like, I, I think she was with Candido at the time. Yeah, she was definitely with Candido because on the Belly Legal, he got a promo saying about how he can't say the name of his girl yeah. because she's working for Vince. So that's quite nice. So it was probably like, oh, do you want some time off, do you? Well, if you're going to go down and see Chris, maybe come up and be the body donors. So we jump to a pre-match video package that puts over the fact that Funk, Sabu and Douglas have had a three-way match uh, in the past and he went to a time limit draw. This was three years ago. The night the line was crossed. Well played, yeah. So this is the rematch tonight. Three years in the making. Uh, there's, uh, I don't know what, if you got this, but I got an accidental cut to backstage and then to ringside and then to Joey Styles as the video audio is still playing. I did get some cutting, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, they're blatantly having a bit of fun with the, the, the editing machine at this point. Paul Heyman hadn't used his replay button at this point and then pressed the wrong button. <laughs> they did. They used it in the first match. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we skipped over it. It doesn't matter. So Joey Styles introduces another update from the chopper. The extreme chopper. Sorry. Sandman has finally made his way here. Hack is here and he's caning everyone in the vicinity. So there's security. There's all sorts of people in the uh, the park. Car, I was going to say parking lot, but I'm not a yank. In the car park where he's hitting everyone over the head with the cane. He's going mad. Everyone's trying to stop him. Lance Wright had used his five sick bags. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to ringside and some fans are chanting, Florida sucks dick. You didn't get this, did no, you? No, no. <laughs> so basically some fans off to the right of the camera are chanting Florida sucks dick who are blatantly the ECW old school boys who come down from Philly. And the rest of the crowd's going like, hang on, what did you say? <laughs> like starting to get aggro with each other. And you start to see like almost a fight break out in the audience at this point. The best Royal Rumble and possibly the best match on the card, the yeah. fans. I thought there might have been a little riot, but like luckily the ring announcers immediately in the ring. So I think Paulie's like, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. <laughs> but we introduces the three-way dance for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Sabu, who's our current champion, versus Shane Douglas with Francine. God damn. And Terry Funk. Um, Douglas is out first. Cut the fucking music! <laughs> it was totally over with me. I know it's a cheap pop because he's just saying fucking. But it but works. It works for me every single time. He literally just says, bring on the three-way dance, and that's it. Doesn't cut a promo. He just wants to get to the match. 
again at this stage he was probably like I'm going to need to have my customary 90 hour match we've got 40 minutes left of the feed let's go let's go I think he wants to get the fuck out of Florida to be totally <laughs> honest there's a good minute or so before Funk actually comes out so he probably could have just cut a promo probably would have worked but ah oh well Funk was having a poo <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get the Goldberg entrance of uh, Terry hold on a minute <laughs> <laughs> Occupied. That was a great impression. Francine tries to pay off Funk immediately, but Terry gives no fucks. He's like, I don't need your money. I'm an ECW. Like, you know, I'm going to fight now. Yeah, I've got loads of money. I'm an ECW. Of course, yeah. (laughs) So ECW champ Sabu is out. No music, just Fonzie and his whistle. Um, Did did Sabu ever have music? Because this is the second pay-per-view we've done where he just comes out. I thought he did have music. Me too. Uh, to generic Arabian music. Did you have music in this one? No. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying in the future, I'm pretty sure he did have like, some degree of music. Tiger Alley sing style sort of like, <laughs> sort of stuff, you know. Literally, I wrote down, not sure I can handle a whole other match with constant whistles in the background again, because it's starting to get a bit much from Bill Alfonso. But again, people just hate it. Yeah. They re- really do. Joey Styles puts over that Sabu had a barbed wire match last Sunday and that he had to have a hundred stitches to sort a tear out in his arm and his bicep. Uh, and the fact that a Sabu just crazy glued this back together in the backstage. Like this match is kind of infamous. Yeah. But yeah, it's what it is. I, I think the fact is as well that this is why having hardcore TV and then these pay-per-views was not good for these ECW wrestlers because mm. there is no time for them to rest up. They're trying oh, to absolutely. expand. And if you've got a guy gluing his bicep together just so he can make pay-per-view... He's can't... still working today, by the way. Uh, Crazy. And also, the only ambulance that's on duty at the site had been commandeered by the Sandman. And... By a drunk idiot. <laughs> exactly. And that's why he had to glue it up himself. We've got a helicopter, though. They could just airlift him. <laughs> It'd be all right. Lance Wright's chundered all over it. It's not nice. <laughs> So the match is lots of what we think now is kind of typical three-way dance spots. But for the time, these were really original. This is a really good fun match. Yeah, like one guy goes to the outside, tries to get them to fight each other. The two guys are like, hang on a second. Go out, chase down the guy on the outside, beat him down. In this case, Terry Funk. They have the three-way sleeper spot where the guy on the bottom is the least danger, in least in danger. So yeah. he gets released and then chokes out the guy who's doing the, the highest <laughs> sleeper hold, if you will. So like this is really clever, but um, the match again, the crowd are kind of dead for it. They don't really appreciate what they're seeing. I think. I think this is the main difference um, because if you watch Barely Legal muted, I wonder if we'd be as fond of as it. The fans really do help make the ECW product. Oh yeah, 100%. I know we've said before again like fans taking over, but the ECW fans were we would frantically boo the baddies we would cheer the good guys even if we didn't particularly like them yeah whereas this card would have really benefited from a crowd who gave a damn yeah definitely the booking's not terrible no i mean let's be honest the match structure there's there's been no matches that we've watched and gone that match was terrible it's just that the crowd were dead and therefore the atmosphere was crap the wrestlers weren't gonna up their game for it so i think this show really did lack any crowd participation i think if we went back through and we watched barely legal without any audio the wrestling still would have stood up but i don't think i would have enjoyed it as much yeah definitely yeah i think the crowd ruined this show for me because i think the, the level of the wrestling was great in both and i know it sounds like we're summing up but this main event should have been in the you know if it had been the ecw arena crowd it would have been fire you know especially like the triple headlock spot yeah you know, and, and like even the Lawler Dreamer stuff. Imagine how over that would be in Philly as well. Yeah. 
It's like it's a shame, really. It's just, it's, the fact that this is one of those classic ECW matches, the rematch as well. You would have thought it'd be more over, but this yeah. Flora doesn't give a crap at this point. No, at this stage, so, I'd realise the fans aren't into it. Yeah. I'm not into it because I think the fans aren't into it. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like you, I felt like I came into this really positive. Didn't really get what I wanted out of it, especially with the matches that were on it as well. Yeah, but we'll get to the we'll get to the su- summation <laughs> shortly. <laughs> so Sabu does a triple jump dive and an Asai moonsault and doesn't botch either of them. <laughs> I know that's some what, sort of miracle. Maybe the glue in his arm was making him. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the thing with Sabu. Like, I think he's almost better when he's injured because, like, he stops overthinking these things. Maybe. Yeah, I'll it's... protect myself when I land. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So Funk and Douglas do a neck neck breaker kind of backdrop combination to Sabu through two chairs that are set up. Funk no sells three unprotected chair shots straight to the head from Sabu. He's the hardcore legend. That's why. Of course he is. Three-way sleeper spot, as we said. Everyone is distracted by something. Sandman? No. Seems like there's a fight in the crowd (laughs) over to the left-hand side. Pretty sure this is to do with the dudes going Florida sucks and all this sort of stuff happening. Heyman then actually signed these guys up to two-year contracts and they (laughs) became public enemy. (laughs) (laughs) So security guards who we were talking about earlier at the entranceway rush off into the audience and none of this is on camera. You, kind of, you would have thought being ECW, they would have whipped over yeah. a camera to see what was going on. But we jump back into the ring. Sabu's doing triple jump moonsaults to no pop at all because no one's paying attention. Everyone's distracted by whatever's yeah. happening in the crowd. Sabu goes for it again. Chair gives out. Yay, Sabu did a Sabu. <laughs> Spot he completely Sabu'd it. <laughs> is that becoming a thing now? It is now. Is that a verb or an adjective? It's an adjective, isn't it? To Sabu. Yeah, yeah. Double, triple jump moonsault, which was... A complicated one. <laughs> to Douglas and Sabu, both together. Sorry, to Douglas and Funk at the same time by Sabu. What is happening? Fonzie chucks a table into the ring. Funk sets up the table in the corner. Fonzie's throwing punches at Funk while Sabu kind of sets him up on the table. Sabu goes up top. Out comes Todd Gordon again. What the fuck is happening? He's hardcore. He starts to take out Fonzie. And rescues Funk off of the table. And what the fuck is happening? Douglas headbutts Gordon. <laughs> Why is he headbutting Todd Gordon? I get the impression that Lance Wright was supposed to be coming out this stage. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in puke. Yeah. It's like, oh, it was terrible, boys. <laughs> oh my God, it's the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Both, uh, what was it? Both Douglas and Funk set up Fondy and Gordon on the table with Sabu's got his back to the ring still. <laughs> So it's still up top. All this is happening while Sabu's just sitting up there, perched on the top rope, fucking around with a chair. It's kind of weird. Watching the fight. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, or the audience. Yeah. It's, it's the other way, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Sabu does a spinny leg drop onto both Todd Gordon and Fonzie through the table to an EC dub. EC dub. Finally, they were awake. I'd say the fans start to give a shit <laughs> seeing two dudes who aren't in the match but through the table. Fonzie's cell of this is amazing. All you can hear is him going, no! Ah! <laughs> I'm in so much pain. He properly died. He's hilarious. Like, thank God he's not blowing that fucking whistle anymore as well. Finally stops. Sabu smashes the fuck out of people with a ladder. Sandman out finally. The crowd don't really care. Yeah, they're just a bit like, who's this guy? Yeah. Because there's been so many run-ins throughout the show as well. Absolutely. Like, they're almost expecting this at this point as well because of what's happening earlier. I wonder how much they knew about the whole ambulance spot. I I don't think they knew a single thing. No, I don't think so. It's just because, oh, the Sandman's here. That's one of the things about, like, the modern production levels. At least they could have shown this on Trons and stuff like that to emphasize what was happening. 
So um, it's not surprising he doesn't get a massive pop because I think they kind of know what's going to happen. Um, he does a somersault leg drop onto Sabu through the ladder. Doug some funk, roll up Sabu. One, two, three, and Sabu is eliminated. Oh, the champion's gone first. Yeah, weird. We will crown a new champion tonight. It's a bit of a weird spot in that Saman does the spot. Sabu kind of kicks out of the half pinfall. And then they both roll him up. And it's kind of yeah. it's a bit weird. Like, I don't know quite what they were going for. I think it's a case of, uh, oh, we both put more weight on it. You can't kick out on two, blah, blah. Yeah. You would have thought the Sandman coming out to interfere would be the kicker that would get him pinned, you know? Everyone's got to be booked strong, brother. Yeah. I think this is I think this is also um, ECW kind of botching finishes. Like, they yeah. did this in the last show as well. So, here's what it is. You know, with the whole having to do the quick roll up with Raven oh, yeah. and Funk. Yeah. Sandman is brawling with security at the entranceway and as he gets kind of thrown to the back. Sabu does a triple jump dive onto Sandman and the security for big EC dub, EC dub chance. Um, pretty cool spot seeing this happen, like seeing a whole crowd of people as Sabu dives yeah, onto really them. Nice. Thank God they actually catch him as well. So That's because he's not Spike Dudley. He's got some clout. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So Funk is now smashing a rubbish bin over his Douglas's head and then his own head and then Douglas's head and then his own head and then his own head a few more times because he's fucking mental apparently. Um, the ECW roster is all out by the entranceway now. The monitor broke. I thought they all came out because the security were all fucking around with oh, the, really? the crowd. <laughs> so they had to come out and like, you know, make sure no one got in trouble or whatever it may be. But this does lead to a story kind of ending. Um, but fuck all that. Two fans are arguing across the entranceway. One puffs out his chest and leans out over the guardrail, practically falling over the guardrail, like in the fourth <laughs> or fifth tiered row. So he's literally 180 degrees with his head down, somehow catches himself, writes himself back up over the guardrail. It's like, what the fuck just what happened? What an athlete. What an athlete. <laughs> Holy shit. I rewound this like five times. <laughs> this dude literally is like arguing with some dude across that entranceway, like at MSG yeah. where it kind of goes up. Ah, oh, just falls all the way down, then all the way back up. It just defies, like, I mean, he was doing CrossFit before CrossFit was a thing. <laughs> it was Wiley Coyote-esque, mate. It was so <laughs> impressive. This is the best spot of the night, man. <laughs> you should have sold it, though, but it is what it is. Back in the ring, uh, and Funk kicks... I like the fact you could tell in your tone of voice, this guy almost fell off the barricade. Back in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> back in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and Funk kicks out of Douglas's belly to belly. Styles puts over, he is the first man to do so. Douglas calls Francine into the ring, who slaps Funk. So goddamn, Dory Funk Jr. is in the ring, stares down Francine and smashes the fuck out of Douglas. He chases off Francine. I say chases. He kind of walks kind of slowly to the back as Francine yeah, runs away. Yeah, he's doing what I like to call the Lord of Predator. <laughs> yeah, nice. The very <laughs> nice. <laughs> to big Dory chance. I love Dory Funk Jr. I'm a massive fan of these boys. And he's one of the reasons why we had such a good attitude here. Because he trained all the guys at their roster. I think it was Dory oh, Funk Jr. and Tom Pritchard. It was, yeah, absolutely. A hell of a dude. Uh, so both guys in the ring both kind of fall off the hardest part of the ring. Uh, it's always, and uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the ring apron. That is the one <laughs> outside through a table. What happened here? Botchy, botchy, botchy. Do you, do you know what they were going for? I couldn't work it out at all. It's because the camera angle's right beneath them, so they just kind of fall into where the camera is. They were going for the table. <laughs> Yeah, just, they were, no, they were going to do a table yeah. spot. Not quite sure what was going to happen. Backstage, Doug was like, table spot? And Funk was like, yeah. So two more belly-to-belly -belly suplexes by Shane Douglas. Uh, Funk continues to kick out of them. So he's the first man to kick out of one. 
and the first man to kick out of the second and the third. Consistency. Fourth belly to belly by Shane Douglas gets the one, two, three, and new ECW World Heavyweight Champion for the third time, the franchise Shane Douglas. Whoa. It is what it is. Not the greatest match ever, but it's okay. I like Funk selling after the match. When he's trying to grab at Shane Douglas as he's kind of just like yeah. there, like zombified on the floor almost, you know? But that's Terry Funk to would see. He can sell. He can tell stories. As soon as he's out the curtain, until he's back, he is on. But even in this match, it's it's not Terry's greatest performance at all. No. Like he's so much better on the three or four shows I've seen him previously with ECW. It is strange to think that of these last two shows, one of the best performances was a 53-year-old man. Yeah, true. The man who is now, as we're doing this wow, podcast, yeah. one year younger than who Sabu is. To, what Sabu is today. Really? I Sabu is 54 today. He was, and, oh, in this yeah. match. I yeah. thought you meant now. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> how, how old what? does Terry Funk look? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I see what you're saying. Okay. Wow. That's impressive. And obviously, I know Sabu's still going. but Yeah. He's still got a WWF run in him as well as Chainsaw Charlie. Like, you know, he has yeah, that dumpster yeah. match with the Outlaws, like, you know, a absolutely year later than this. Limping insane. all the way through the whole entire bloody match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So both Francine and Douglas whip Terry Funk with the ECW strap, which looks fucking painful, to be fair. Beers thrown into the ring, bullshit chants in the crowd. Joel Gertner and the Dudley boys jump in the ring. Ooh, I thought, ooh, face turn, definitely not. I don't know what was happening yeah. here because this is not a uh, crossing. I'm um, crossing the line. <laughs> Funny. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not two factions that really bumped into each other no. very often in ECW. So you've got the triple threat of Douglas's lot and the Dudley boys, obviously, yeah. the Dudleys. So Joel addresses that the franchise and the Dudleys can beat down the Funker together. Uh, Joel Gertner wants Douglas to join the Dudley lot. Candido and Bam Bam come from the back. No, Bam Bam, not Brian Lee, because Bam Bam's not <laughs> taking his place in the Not Crush. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Because Chains is fucked off to Vince with a DOA. Yep. Bunch of Nazis. Uh, and <laughs> do you know they've got SS tattoos on them? Yeah. Yeah, just checking. Okay, scumbags. Not Chains, necessarily. I don't think he is. No. But the other boys, the Harris boys, fuck that. They can go suck a dick. So Candido and Bam Bam in, and it's own! <laughs> Thwack, 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 thwack. Triple Threat and Dudley's brawl in the ring. The whole locker room jumps in to try and separate them, but ends up brawling anyway. Triple Threat make their exit, kind of behind everyone's back almost. Everyone takes a Big Dick Dudley choke slam. As Big Dick Dudley goes to take up uh, another man to a choke slam who I don't recognize. I think it might have been the other pit bull. Sure. I couldn't recognize a bull dude with a tattoo, so eh, whatever. Uh, quick cut to the ECW logo, and that's all, folks. <laughs> We're out of here. No exit, nothing, just it's done. No, this was... Um, Ran out of pay-per-view time, blatantly. Well, this was only about two... Uh, just over two and a half hours, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't as long as I thought it was. It, it was... felt a lot longer, to be totally honest, watching it. I Yeah, I, I think... I wonder if the scramble at the end was more... Hayden's like, we've still got time to fill. Get out there and do shit. You think? I mean... Could be. It's gone completely the other way from barely league. We're going to run out of time. Cheers, Shane Douglas. <laughs> to, we've got quite a bit of time to fill. So this brings me on to, I guess, the biggest talking point of this pay-per-view in that of this time period for ECW. It feels like Paulie's gone, oh, shit, everyone's evacuating, moving on to different companies. Who have we got left? Well, we know Shane Douglas isn't going to be leaving anytime soon because he's come back from WWF. Yep, bang the belt on him. With his whole back injury, Razor Ramon and stuff, and Vince fronting up to him in the locker room and all this sort of shit. I'm assuming you kind yep. of know these stories. Uh, Vince sounds like a scumbag at that time with, with Shane Douglas, by the way, trying to get a guy with a serious back injury to work. Yeah. Like, mm, not a nice move. Um, so it feels like he's searching for what else he can, can he do. So let's set up the triple threat versus the Dudleys, my two heel factions. 
which is not something you'd imagine from Paulie at this point. No, but it was getting to a desperate time because, I mean, you've got a list of all the wrestlers by then, 97, who were... had gone to either WCW, WWE, or elsewhere. I have indeed. Let's go through it quickly. So this is just people that left in 1997, not necessarily before this pay-per-view, but a lot of them were already gone. So what was that, August, the show we yeah, done? Yeah, this August. Okay, so Brian Lee's gone, who ends up being changed in WWF. Dr. Death Steve Williams, who had quite an involvement in ECW in this yeah. year, has left already to go to WWF as well. Uh, Al Snow leaves pretty shortly after this. This is pretty much his last appearance for ECW. Louis Spicoli has gone to WCW, who was uh, becoming a big name yeah. in ECW. Uh, oh my God, the stories about his drug abuse are fucking insane. Uh, definitely, rest in peace and stuff. But yeah, astonishing stuff. Reading about Louis sitting at diners, eating and missing his mouth because he had 30 somas in his system. Jesus Christ. And you're like, whoa, like literally sitting there like deep, 30 somas deep, not being able to do stuff, grabbing handfuls of them and downing them and stuff. And you're like, Ugh. Not surprising they killed him, man. It's unbelievable. Mustafa Saeed has left before this show. Hence why the gangsters couldn't defend the belts because one and a half of the tag team wasn't there. I don't know where he went. No. Just think he didn't get paid and fucked off, maybe, it sounds like. Because he didn't come back until 1999. Yeah, it was a good couple of years later. I think yeah. maybe money was a bit short and he jumped back in. Possibly. Feels like it, doesn't it? Uh, Perry Saturn has gone to WCW with Raven, who's obviously left earlier in the year. Stevie Richards goes to WCW shortly after this as well because uh, when Raven debuts in WCW, Stevie Richards is there to confront him about it. Yeah. Which is like, ah, oh, fucking hell, I followed him straight away. Terry Funk leaves the WWF shortly after this and Rick Rude has obviously left as well. So Brian Lee, Steve Williams, Al Snow, Louis Spicoli, Mustafa Saeed, Perry Saturn, Raven, Stevie Richards, Terry Funk and Rick Rude. Essentially, for a one-hour TV oh. show, you've lost a roster. Yeah, that's that's basically everyone in the big feuds. And you're left with you can't Shane Douglas. Can't do the BWO. You can't do Raven. You can't yeah. do Terry Funk. Like, this is all your feuds gone suddenly yeah. in one year. Like, it's, it's such a transitional time for pro wrestling. And at this stage as well, if you're looking, because I think star-wise, obviously they built RVD, they built Sabu, they got Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Other Jerry though, Lynn debuts like a couple of months after this. Yeah. Other than those guys, I'd say the other big name would be then Rhino, who they created. Yeah, but that's a good year or two later. Yeah, because he started to, I think it was around just the start of 2000. And yeah. then he won the belt, well, obviously lost ECW champion under Paul Heyman. The thing is, like, with even nowadays, with WWF having so much roster space they've got, like, you can see that this is a problem for people. Yeah, definitely. You know, people are going to jump ship and are going to try and get those money jobs. I mean, all the power to them. If I was a professional wrestler, I was making fuck all like 20 quid a night or whatever when I was spending 50 quid petrol money to get there to play every show, especially in America when you're driving long yeah. distances um, and getting paid fuck all to do these shows. Um, you've got to take the money. Obviously. You have to. Um, maybe a little... Oh, well, I say that less so in these days. It wasn't. I didn't hear Raven talking about it and like he was making enough money to survive on but not enough money to set a future for him and his family. And well, that's the thing, be. isn't it? Especially, and it all goes full circle something we spoke about on a pod a couple of weeks ago. People shouldn't begrudge people for going to make money and protect their families. Yeah. You don't want to have your favorite wrestler just make enough money to get by, but when they hit 40, they can't work anymore, then they're going to end up working behind a cheese counter. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. a bit of cheese. Love cheese. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd be fired. <laughs> and also, please never say love cheese again. <laughs> I mean, uh, this show really suffered for all these losses. Yeah. It's a shame. Roster shake-up, poor crowd. 
after watching Barely Legal last week, I was so excited because I thought yeah. I'm going to have more of the same. We're going to have some really interesting things to talk about. But all the feuds we were excited about are gone. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. And I think, I, as you said, we were going to cover this as a three-part series of the all three pay-per-views from 1997 for ECW. Yeah. I think we missed out, obviously, a massive chunk that we've got, like a four or five-month gap. Yeah, between the shows, it's not that long to lose this many people. To be fair, but well, exactly. But if yeah. you've lost a roster, you've lost all your. Because again, Heyman did long term booking. Yeah, all those plans are up in the air, which is why you've got Candido against Taz for the TV title and with no story and so much WWF stuff coming into this yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So while obviously, Heyman was on the payroll at WWF, you know, it doesn't help the products. Yeah, at least Vince is supporting his product, unlike yeah, a certain other WCW cunt. Cornflake rating for this show two. I was going two at the best. It's it's uh, there's some okay stuff on it. I love the nostalgia of ECW. Hate the fact it's in Florida. Mm, shame a lot of the guys are gone, but it is what it is. It's the two for me because of Joey Styles still being outstanding on commentary and Jenna Jameson. Yeah, and the helicopter. Shall we play a game to finish off the pod? This I think week? we should. Yeah, let's. What game have you got lined up? Okay, so I have a new game this week. Now I asked you earlier how good you were with literature and stuff. And you said, not great. So this could be terrible. I'm a numbers man, not a words man. <laughs> okay. So we're going to play, or you're going to play, Wrestling With Words, the World of Wrestling podcast, Spelling Bee. Oh, shit. <laughs> play the music. Okay. So basically, the rules are like any, if you ever watched like a documentary on Spelling Bees or anything like that in america no <laughs> mate they're brilliant watching these nerdy kids like stress out about trying to spell words and stuff like seriously there's some really good uh, documentaries out there you should watch them they're funny am i allowed to use my phone to spell <laughs> fuck no <laughs> <laughs> okay so i have five names from pro wrestling that you can ask me like the definition of okay you can ask me to use them in a sentence <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but you have to go say for example your word was apple you have to go apple a p p l e apple <laughs> to clarify that you know what i'm talking about because <laughs> we need to do this in the american traditional spelling bee style okay okay <laughs> right so you've got five to spell okay and you need to get three to win all right jesus your first name uh, these are nearly all people apart from the last one which is a show okay? right okay so the first one is isaac yankum can you spell isaac yankum you can ask for a definition please use it in a, use it in a sentence please to use Isaac Yankum in a sentence, please. Isaac Yankum. I wish my teeth were fixed by Isaac Yankum. <laughs> Isaac Yankum. I-S-S-A-C-Y-A-N-K-E-M. Isaac Yankum. Man. No. <laughs> Very close. Isaac is I-S-A-A-C-Y-A-N-K-E-M. Isaac Yankum. Very close, but no cigar this time. Number two. They're all quite difficult as well. Sorry about this. Number two is... Damien Demento. I am aware of Damien Demento. Would you like a definition? I will for the sake of the game. Thank you. This is the point. <laughs> Play along at home, people. Uh, main evented the first ever Monday Monday Night Raw versus The, the Undertaker. Undertaker. Damien Demento. Hmm. Well, you've technically just used it in a sentence already, so I might as well. <laughs> well, I just said his name at the end of it, but yeah, it's okay. Damien Demento. D A M I A N. Well, you've already shaken your head, so it's clear. Damien rather than Damien. D E. I'll give you another shot. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Damien Demento. D 
<laughs> I M E N D E M E N T O. So, so close. You got the I and the M the wrong way around the second oh, time. Dear. It doesn't matter. All right. Number three. This is just going for funny spellings at this point. All right. So, Terrorizing. Fucking hell. Do you know who Terrorizing was? That was Triple H, wasn't it? Ask for a definition. I'd like a definition of terrorizing, please. Paul Levesque, aka Triple H, used to wrestle under this name. <laughs> terrorizing. Hmm. This is the worst spelling ever, by the way. Good luck. Terrorizing. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. No, 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 no. Right, right, Got it. T e double r i z. Go on. E z. <laughs> so bad. Go on. Second name, rising. <laughs> R-I-Z-E-N Okay, so <laughs> It's T-A Sorry T-E-R-R-A Terra <laughs> Rising is spelled R-Y-Z-I-N <laughs> Like like I, I can't show you That's fine But no, it's fine No, no, it's fine okay, I okay, mean, okay. I'm zero for three So I can't win the game <laughs> I picked the worst ones ever However, I'm confident At least I might try and get a wooden spoon right, I'll right, try and get one We'll do six, okay I'll add another oh, one in Jesus there To try and get one Number. Hey, that's not really just spending my chance of getting these other two right. <laughs> if you're having to put an easy one at the end, Coco Beware. <laughs> Number four, John Cena. <laughs> John Cena, J O H N C E N A. Hey, one mark on the board. Congratulations. Okay, number five, Owen R. Shyster. I R S. <laughs> <laughs> Two bucks on the ball. <laughs> okay, so it's spelled I R W I N R dot R dot S C H Y. Yeah. Stir. S T E R? Yeah, well played. <laughs> you got the marks. Excellent. So, one half of former WF Tag Team Champions, Money Incorporated, father to Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Also, a man of many excellent office ties. Okay, your last and final selection. I'm really glad I got one other than John Cena. <laughs> if you get this right, you are the greatest speller of all time. Even though I failed for spelling most of the others in this game. So the way I came up with this game, right, is I was listening to a podcast and they were doing a Hanukkah Christmas spelling bee, a Hanukkah spelling bee, right? So it's like they have one Jewish guy who knows how to spell these things, and a whole bunch of people who aren't Jewish who don't know how to spell them. C O L T C A. I've done it. Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana. The reason, the thing I immediately started thinking of, there's, there was one pay per view that has the worst spelling of any WF show ever. And I was like, oh, this will be funny to do at the end. So, your sixth and final spelling attempt to win this game is Insurrection. <laughs> insurrection. I N S U R R E X-T-I-O-N. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> that is correct! Yeah. You spelled insurrection correctly! Holy fuck. How did you get that? Because that's how it's spelled on the <laughs> network. <laughs> Congratulations! Do you win Wrestling With Words? No, no I don't! Wrestling podcast <laughs> spelling bee. Well, we gave you John Cena, but you got the other two, right? You got Erwin R. Scheister and Insurrection. So well played, sir. We've got one more in this series of ECW from 1997 pay-per-views, yeah. uh, which we're going to be recording for next week. Uh, we will also be releasing our very special Christmas episode. Indeed, which we're still not unveiling. No, no. That... Shall we unveil it next week? We will, because how the times of the pod will be released 
it'll be released the day after the ECW pod. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So we'll tell you what it is. You could choose to maybe watch the film first and then watch it and see what we thought. Or you could watch it afterwards with your family on Christmas Day and really upset your relatives. <laughs> um, but if you wanted to check out what we've got in the archives, listen to The Barely Legal, so part one of this series, all of our other stuff, check out worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Uh, we've got a Facebook page and we're quite active on our Twitter, which is at worldofwrestpod. Uh, yep. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Tax Williams. Yep. Mine is Rich Be Thy Name. Uh, I'd encourage people to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast apps you use. Uh, it means that your podcast comes straight to you. You don't have to worry about downloading or anything. And it looks really good on us, to be fair, as well. And also, if you'd like to leave us a review, a couple of people have, which has made a lot of benefit. Like I noticed when people left reviews, suddenly other people started listening and the numbers started going up. So that is a real thing. So if you want to help us out and you like what we're doing and think we're not just absolute complete pricks, <laughs> I would really appreciate just a little five-star review. You don't even have to write words. Just go to iTunes, click five stars, you're done. And also a special thank you because I received an email to my personal email, which I thought I would tell you about now. Excellent. Uh, someone has put our podcast forward for the Nothing Else on TV 2018 Wrestling Awards. Oh, that's very kind of so, them. So um, I very much doubt we'll be shortlisted, but thank you for whoever nominated us. Very kind of you. Uh, and if you haven't already left a review, leave a review. It's potentially one step closer to not having to have a proper job, so I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Bye, everyone. Available now for me, CW Home Video. It's Hardcore Heaven 97. Witness Taz's revenge on Chris Candido. Bam Bam Bigelow pulverizing Spike Dudley. Mr. Monday Night Rob Van Dam beats up the insane clown posse. And Al Snow. The Dudley Boys defend the world tag team title against PG-13. Plus, special appearances by Jake the Snake Roberts, Jenna Jameson, Sonny. Well, it may be an interesting couple. A cat fight between Beulah and Sonny. Tommy Dreamer destroys Jerry the King Waller. A three-way dance featuring Terry Funk, Sabu, and the franchise as Shane Douglas emerges as the heavyweight champion of the world. Available now from ECW Home Video. It's Hardcore Heaven 90s. And Jerry Lawler comes in and he goes, well, you left in one day. And he just walks off. I guess he thought I was like a 14-year-old girlfriend of his. No, like I'm the one that gave her the false ID, right? Excuse me. The man's the median age of his date is less than shares. Come on. Crying out loud. Like I drive him to the sandbox every Saturday and we'll pick her up, Jerry. She looks like she has fun on a seesaw. Oh, God. What did I do? So anyway, so he, so he walks away from me. Hey, truth is truth. So, so he's like,